ghouls and fiends, and welcome once again to another edition of the Ministry of Horror live uh, on the MOS network. Or if you're listening to this or checking us out later on VOD or podcast platforms, we're also on the MOS network. Uh, my name is Tez, and joining me, returning guest host, uh, previous guest host on the show that we talked about, The X Files, uh, also Ministry of Slam alumni, we have The Gruff. Hello. Good evening. Hello, everybody. Hello, dude. How's it How going? How are you, Tez? Yeah, good. Good. Um, brilliant. Thank you. Uh, flat out, busy, work, 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 overtime, job issues. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm all good, mate. Excellent. Excellent. Um, and are you all hyped up and ready to talk, uh, talk horror and more specifically, talk about the cultural phenomenon from the late 90s Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, I am. Um, it's definitely a cultural thing. Uh, I can say that after watching, re-watching so many episodes lately. Um, definitely can tell it's from that time period. <laughs> I, I caught a couple of episodes recently, and I always remember one of the most unique things um, about the show, and I suppose also about... And we won't say too much about him because there's been a lot of, you know, uh, things that have come out recently. But one of the things that the show got a lot of praise for was Joss Whedon's dialogue. That was one of the kind of the highlights back in the day. Um, how have you found some of the strange choices for dialogue kind of translating a 2022? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's strange. <laughs> strange. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. That's... Uh, I mean, I've, you know, re-watched a few episodes, uh, quite a few episodes. It did take me a bit to get used to the style, the lines, the way they, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it's. I was going to say it's very much of its time. I mean, some things I Definitely. do think, uh, some things I think still, still hold up. Um, you know, I mean, I guess <laughs> we very much have the, creature feature effects in some of those early seasons especially that very much do feel like that kind of cw early 2000s yeah. late 90s effects which uh, have they have a certain charm to them i think yeah yeah no definitely they do um it does kind of take you back like kind of like the dialogue and the writing with a lot of the characters does but then yeah. you see some of the effects and the creature features and yeah it definitely does it does take you back Back to a simpler time. <laughs> yeah, a simpler time of amazing American TV shows. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, now, we do have a live poll running, if people are watching this live on YouTube, um, where I'm limited again by the number of categories we can put. Um, but uh, and I'll, I'll ask your, your opinion on this um, in a moment as well, Gruff. But I wanted to go for favourite member of the Buffy Scooby gang, because Buffy is a show where obviously Buffy is the focal point. She's front and center, but one of the key components of the show has been, um, the group, the group dynamic she's got. So I've put in the, the poll, which will finalize the poll and talk about the results at the very end of the show. But I've put in there Willow, uh, Xander, um, Giles, and for the fourth spot, he's kind of part of the Scooby gang, but I thought some characters like uh, Cordelia, Angel, Oz, they're only in it, you know, either early seasons or sporadically. Yeah. 
I've gone for Spike because whilst he is only really a member of the Scooby Gang, probably in the last season or two, he's been there since series two. So, I mean, if you had to pick out of those four, uh, Gruff, who would be your pick for favourite member of the Scooby Gang and why? I would have to say Giles. Um, okay. Kind of tempted to say Xander. It's kind of hard, but yeah, out of those, Giles would be the one that comes to mind because uh, I find him quite funny, very quirky, very how Americans think English people are and speak. And uh, <laughs> we're in the tweed and, you know, like the first few series and as you see on some of the episodes uh, apparently when he was younger he was kind of a badass so yeah we do we do catch glimpses of that <laughs> yeah i mean one of the episodes i watched yesterday because i mean I, I think similar to you uh gruff i haven't had too much time recently to catch up on some old episodes so i've only been able to jump in here and there i mean i'm still kind of working through an x-files uh an x-files rewatch yeah, me too me too um, october kind of took it out of me for watching tv because of doing the old 31 days of halloween so i'm now playing a bit of catch up and obviously in that time but a whole bunch of tv shows have come out cabinet of curiosities uh midnight club all that stuff anyway the episode that i watched recently and i'll i'll talk about it a bit later on when we go into into the show uh, the episode starts. Giles has got a friend of his basically coming around for a hookup. They're not really talking about that she's she's uh, there for a mission yes, or anything. I just, it's essentially a booty call, like, oh, I'm just in the area, let's let's smash. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, um, I know there's that one episode, is it the band camp one, where they, and him and Joyce sort of re- go back <laughs> to being young. Yeah, and yeah. they have a little bit of a moment. <laughs> yeah, Giles is an old dog. He he, he plays the uppity puppity uh, individual, but uh, he smashes. <laughs> He's a hellraiser inside. Back yeah, in exactly. his day, back in his and to be fair, um, he does uh, on season six. Is it five? Uh, Glory slash Ben. He's the one who, oh. like, he literally, you know, kind of suffocates him when he's a human because he says, like, you know, kind of, Buffy's a hero, she couldn't do it, but he hasn't got a problem with it. Do, oh, do you know what? I completely forgot about the character of Ben. Um, yeah, uh, we're probably going into a bit too early. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, it's cool, yeah. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that a bit more later on. But, yeah, th- those last two, three seasons, I've literally only seen the once back kind of when they aired. I've had the box set on, on DVD for a while, and it's all now on Disney+. Plus. Um, man, yeah, I'd completely forgotten about that. Um, good Lord, right. Well, first off, we're going to do our usual talking about the latest in horror news um i don't have a this is the news button well i do have mos news but that's i'd get done for plagiarism i think if i uh played the this is the news music i need to i need to uh get some horror news music i mean maybe maybe we just adopt the friday music as our news music I really, should, cool. I really should specify which one's which because I just hit random buttons and go. Yeah, it's true, it's true. <laughs> but they're all good, they're all good. <laughs> uh, well, first up, we don't actually have any information yet on the new releases for this week, which probably is going to keep the news a bit a bit shorter than usual because that normally takes up a good half an hour, especially uh, during Halloween. But we do still have 
plenty of news to get through. So, Gruff, first up, this comes from bloodydisgusted.com, um, from John Squires. The horror business is booming. Walter Hamada joins Paramount to increase the studio's horror output. In the wake of Smile's box office success scaring up $209 million worldwide, Paramount Pictures is going all in on horror, appointing Walter Hamada to oversee their horror branch. Hamada, who recently left uh, Warner Brothers DC, has a ton of horror cred from his time at New Line, producing countless horror movies including the Friday the 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Street remakes, as well as The Conjuring and its spin-offs and the 2017 adaptation of It. Beginning next year, Walter Hamada will oversee all things horror for Paramount, with The Hollywood Reporter's announcement today noting that Hamada's mandate will be to release several mid-budget horror films for theatres and streaming a year. With his track record for groundbreaking success, Walter is the ideal partner and visionary to build out our mainstream horror genre franchise business, said Paramount Pictures president and CEO Brian Robbins. As evidenced by the fantastic performance of Smile, there is a tremendous appetite for original, high-concept storytelling in the global marketplace, and we look forward to a long and successful partnership. Gruff, you've you've seen Smile, haven't you? I have, yeah. That's one of the first... I think that's the only horror I've seen since COVID, so, yeah. And uh, kind of like the cinema, I should say. So, are you surprised that it's done $209 million? Uh yes, I would <laughs> I would say yes. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. It was good entertainment. Um, but it is quite surprising that it's done that amount. I would say. I mean, I've definitely seen better horrors. It's it's one of those films that I will be rewatching when it comes to you know home media to like you know rent or or, or whatnot. And I think there might be something in the news that I've not picked out that I think it is coming. Uh, end of the month because the jump scares did did get me but uh, jump scares always get me <laughs> you know <laughs> any loud bit of music i'll still you know jump in my seat um but i very much thought i've you know a lot of the premise of this is this creepy smile i've seen creepier smiling in other things like i didn't think a lot of the times like uh, it, it was weird like it felt like it it was trying to be it follows, which obviously was nowhere yeah. near as much of a success. Um, you know, I, I don't know the numbers for it follows, but it definitely wasn't two hundred nine million. Um, but yeah, I mean, on one hand, big big studio wanting to produce a lot of horror that's that's a good thing. Um, it's uh, it's just you know fair play to smile. It, it didn't. I didn't leave the cinema thinking, "Wow, that's fucking incredible." I was like, "Huh, okay, yeah." yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of recent horrors, like we said a couple of minutes before we come on, I, I saw Barbarian mm. recently. Um, I would say for me, I prefer that a hell of a lot more. Like, that is definitely something I would rewatch. And that, I didn't know what to make of it. I was like, freaked out. I jumped. I was disturbed. It's, it's got a mix of emotions, <laughs> that film. Yeah. Um, not, you know, so not to put Dan's smile, don't get me wrong, it was good. But yeah, it's quite surprising it made that man, I must say. But it's good. Yeah, it, good good for, you know, anytime a studio can get behind putting some money into into horror releases, because I mean, yes, uh, how many 
ideas or plans for horrors can go to the wayside due to budgets um you know seems like a seems like a good thing and uh yeah we'll have to see what they come out with next um but yeah hamada um as Fran the Can in the chat. We've got Fran the Can. We've got Baby Ice in the live chat. Fran the Can says, you could say there'll be Hamada Horrors. Maybe that's the new Blumhouse. Uh, hopefully it's a bit more consistent than Blumhouse. Yeah, it is a bit up and down, aren't they? Yeah, it's, I, don't, I never want to trash Blumhouse because a lot of the recent bigger kind of feeling horrors have been Blumhouse. They've, they've put out a ton of really good stuff. Um... But yeah, I've always thought it was strange when the most recent Paranormal Activity film got released, which I haven't seen yet because I'm not... I like Paranormal Activity, but I'm not an uber fan. Oh, I think um, I watched that last week. Was that any uh, good? Is that, that the one to do with the... Um, uh, cover, um, cover art's like snowy. Like a yes, snowy that's right. cabin. Um, not Mormons. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, it was okay, yeah. I had... I enjoyed it. It was good. Past the time, I thought it was, but it wasn't really anything amazing or, you know, kind of special. I mean, my my opinion of Jason Blum did drop a little bit because he was reported at the time, uh, like a month or so back, maybe two months back, um, talking about the Paranormal Activity franchise, saying, "Well, after the poor performance, or after he he said something very disparaging about uh, Next of Kin, which." If you're a producer working on, on a film, you know, and you've got all these other people working, you know, underneath you or under your, your watch, you kind of have to keep keep face. And he kind of did a bit of a Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, if we're talking about current news, and slandered uh, the, the people he worked with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's a bit of a slap in the face. Yeah, it's ne- it never feels that professional. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Maybe this is the time for Paramount to kind of... I guess regain that horror footing that they kind of had with the Friday films back in the eighties, and yeah, we'll see. Good stuff. Um, I'll just do another little quick refresh. See if we got any new films. No, we don't. Okay, we'll move on. So TV news now, Gruff. Welcome to Derry. Pennywise prequel series will be home to demented scares. Uh, John Squires at by disgusting reports. On the way from HBO Max is a series titled Welcome to Derry, which will serve as a prequel to the two Stephen King movies from Andy Muschietti. Speaking with Variety, HBO Max head of originals Sarah Aubrey has teased a little bit of what we can expect from the upcoming series, while also noting that Muschietti is deeply involved with the show's development. We've been working with Jason Fuchs, uh, Brad Caleb Kane, Andy Muschietti, and Barbara Muschietti very closely, Aubrey tells the outlet. They're so deep into this mythology, and they have such a firm handle on the storytelling around these characters and also the demented scares that they're putting into things. Sometimes I'm like, what's wrong with you? Just all the wild ways they think up to terrify us. You'll be hearing more concretely about that development very soon. Uh, Jason Futches, who worked on Wonder Woman Ice Age Continental Drift... And uh, Brad Caleb Kane, who worked on Moonhaven, Black Sails, and Fringe, will serve as co-showrunners for the prequel series. Um, Variety reported in March, the series begins in the 1960s, in the time leading up to the events of It Part 1, the 2017 film based on the Stephen King horror novel uh, It. The story is also said to include the origin story of Pennywise the Clown. 
Um, thoughts on the prequel series for Pennywise, Gruff? Is it something that interests you, or are you not? Uh, yeah, to be honest, it does. I am kind of um, quite interested in that. To be fair, um, yeah, it sounds like it's quite interesting. Um, I don't know if it's a bit strange. Someone that works on Ice Age is going to be uh, involved <laughs> in it, but um, yeah, no, no, I'm quite interested in that. Quite interested to see where that goes. Um, that could be quite quite good. Yeah, I'm. It's going to be interesting because, like, it mentions about showing the uh, or talking about the origin of the Pennywise the clown. Um, we did kind of see the origin in it, chapter two. Now, I'm an it nerd. I, I read the book. Well, it was one of the first ho horror novels I read. Probably wasn't such a good idea reading like a twelve hundred page book when you're in. Uh, you're not even in double digits yet. Um, but uh, like, so I, I know the mythology pretty well um I'm, I'm i'm intrigued by it intrigued as to kind of where they go with it for um for it chapter one and chapter two there was both mentions around the time of their uh home releases that there's all these deleted scenes maybe there'll be a director's cut maybe there'll be a super cut putting chapter one and chapter two together to make one massive film um and those things never happened which has always been a bit of a a bit of a shame because for me i think well when are we gonna see this cool footage like chapter one was meant to have a very early scene uh in terms of pennywise of him meeting the first sort of human woman where he bargains to take her child um and apparently it's a very sort of scary scene it's not in the home video release oh okay I'll, yeah uh i never knew that that does sound quite interesting yeah it, it's one of those things i remember reading about getting the the release on on 4k and being like there isn't any deleted scenes i mean there, there's a couple of deleted scenes but little little tiny things not this particular scene and uh yeah so i've always kind of thought ah, what, what are we going to get from it but we're now getting this this tv show coming um i don't know if it's been confirmed if bill skarsgård is returning to play the role as pennywise um do you reckon he would return or do you think that they might cast someone different um i mean i would hope he would come back i don't really know what else has he been in lately i mean he was in barbarian is that right that was yeah i always get the scars guards muddled up so <laughs> there's a few of them <laughs> yeah um but yeah no he was he was good in that um i don't really know what else he's been in lately i mean i'd like to think so because i i thought personally he was pretty good yeah, I, I know that he's recently been, I believe, confirmed to be cast in Robert Eggers, uh, the director of The Witch and uh, and Lighthouse, um, his remake of Nosferatu. Ah, uh, yeah, I saw that today, mm. actually, as it goes, yeah. Which, that, that'd be very intriguing. I really do like... I've only seen the original black and white Nosferatu. I've not seen the, the German remake. Um, but, I mean, I imagine, because he's got quite a, a unique face, hasn't he? So I could actually see that looking very creepy. Uh, him playing um, Count, Count Orlock, I think, is the name for Dracula in that. Not sure. Not sure. Uh, but, but yeah, hopefully we get uh, Bill Skarsgård back. I always preferred the Tim Curry Pennywise, just because that's how I kind of read Pennywise. But, you know, there's some pretty creepy scenes with uh, with Bill under the paint. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you can't go wrong with the original. Um, it's very strange in places but that i think that adds to the charm of it being 
being scary to be fair. But no, it is good. It is good news now. We'll move on now to some video game news. Bendy and the Dark Revival is out today on Steam. Uh, this comes from Mike Wilson at bloodydisgusting.com. Um, they didn't miss it this time. After three years of waiting, Rooster Teeth and Joey Drew Studios today have finally released the follow-up to 2017's Bendy and the Ink Machine in Bendy the Dark Revival. Released for PC via Steam, Bendy and the Dark Revival will also be headed to the Xbox and PlayStation at a later date. In Bending the Dark Revival, players will return to the vintage cartoon studio from the previous game, but through the eyes of Audrey, an animator at Joey Drew Studios who was unwillingly pulled into the inky abyss of Bendy's cartoon world. With the help of allies like Allison, the battle-hardened veteran, and the cute but mischievous Bendy, players will aid Audrey in her attempt to escape as she learns about the dark monsters of the studio. So have you... Are you aware of the the first game, Bendy and the Ink Machine? I, I've I have heard of it, um, but I've never played it. I have no idea what kind of a game it is. I can't. I'm afraid I can't help you out there. <laughs> I don't really know anything about that. As far as I know, it's first person, and it's kind of set in this. It's kind of like a sepia tinged world, but it's like. I guess the character of Bendy is kind of reminiscent of um, like early Mickey Mouse, kind of like okay. I suppose that I don't know what the technical name is if it's just early Walt Disney, but um, kind of like similar to the like a black and white version of the animation stuff, something like Cuphead. I oh, think okay. That, I see, yeah. that kind of tone, except this is like uh, black and white or, or, or sepia toned. Um, and as far as I know, you're in this world and there's like uh cutouts of this bendy character that come to life i don't really know too much about it it's, it doesn't it's never looked like one of those kind of games that i'd enjoy and i don't imagine it's very similar to it but i always thought is this, this is like a cartoony version of outlast i didn't like outlast too scary for me oh yeah that game was insane i never even finished that um <laughs> that was that was very scary. I played the first two and yeah, it didn't finish either of them. Yeah, so I was same. just like, I just spent half the time hiding. Like, I'm safe here. Yeah, no, that's uh, the same. I had the same problem with uh, Alien Isolation. It took me like 24 hours to finish it because I spent most of the game <laughs> hiding, I think. I never finished that either. I got stuck on a very early bit where you've got to hide from these droids. Or you've got to oh, try and make your worse. way through this room. Yeah. I've never felt such dread and fear from a video game. <laughs> God, yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by those games. I'll watch like you know if there's like entertaining, you know, internet or Twitch personalities, YouTube personalities or Twitch personalities. I'll watch a playthrough because I'm always interested to see narratively where the story goes or you know interesting moments. But I'm like the likelihood of me completing that. Like I'd like to see what happens. I'm probably not going to get there myself. You're missing out. You're missing out. Play it in the dark with a decent pair of headphones. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Like if I had one word to describe Alien Isolation, it would be dread. Dread. Oh, God. Yeah, see, that's the sort of, that's the sort of game that there'd be no point me even kind of streaming because it would literally be about <laughs> half an hour before I go, right, guys, I'm going to play some FIFA, FIFA 22, <laughs> if people want to watch that instead. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, the new Bendy and the Dark Revival is uh, out now on Steam, if people are interested. Um, so have a, have a quick look at the chat. So uh, talking about 
welcome to Derry. Baby I says they're going to mess things up somehow. Um, Fran Cannon says uh, it will be when the squirrel from Ice Age keeps chasing the red balloon. So a bit of a crossover there, Ice Age and then It. Uh, Baby I says that um, uh, Bill Skarsgård is also in John Wick 4. Um, and Fran the Can about Bending the Dark Revival says it has, or Bending the Ink Machine, it had an old school Disney visual style. Um, are you a John Wick fan, Gruff? Uh, I'll put my hands up. I get a lot of flack for this. I've never seen a single John Wick film. I'm not a massive lover of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I find him quite boring. It's, bit, it's quite wooden, isn't he? Wooden. Um, don't get me wrong, by all accounts, he's a really nice guy. Um, yeah, but I don't generally find him. I mean, apart from speed, maybe speed's not too bad. Matrix, um, found the Matrix. Eh, not so much. No, oh, okay. uh, I find him pretty boring in that as well, to be honest. Um, but no, I've never seen a John Wick film. But I'm always getting people saying to me, oh, "It doesn't matter if you don't like him; they're amazing. You should watch them." And but I've just never got around to watching them. Baby Ice in the chat says, uh, "We demand Gruff go stream the John Wick series." <laughs> Um, I don't... Is that my homework? <laughs> That's Gruff's homework. Um, Fran, the, Fran the Can says, watch John Wick 1, it moves at a pace. John Wick 1 is very good. Um, there is something that happens to a dog. I don't yeah, think it's a spoiler because it. it happens early in the film, but that's quite upsetting. Um, to be honest, that's kind of where it finished for me. I, I, I've, I've tried watching John Wick 2 about four different times and each time I get maybe 20 minutes in, maybe half an hour, and I go, uh, this isn't really holding my attention. Specifically, there's one moment. Okay, I won't go into the story, but I mean, I, I don't know. I guess three might have a similar story to the second one. I don't know. But it's John Wick fighting off against a whole bunch of people. But there's a moment where he's walking through like a, a subway station, very crowded, a lot of people, and he's having a fight with like this other assassin. And one's upstairs walking along, another one's downstairs. But they're trying to be discreet to not gain attention, but they've got their little guns going... <laughs> just casually unloading clips down and up at each other, but doing it in a way where it's like, people can't see that I'm shooting a pistol in a packed subway station. And for me, I was like, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be good fights in this film, but come on, that just looks silly. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, um, I know a lot of people are always kind of telling me very popular yeah never ever seen one <laughs> i'd say at some point you know if if time you know you, you get a bit of time and there isn't anything else already on your to watch list um you know spare an hour and a half for john wick one because that is that is quite good that is a good revenge film um i can't speak for two or two or three um isn't on uh is, isn't on amazon prime is it by any chance they're either always on prime or netflix one of the two usually maybe you should do a watch party <laughs> uh well let, let's have a quick look if they're on if they're on prime then i'll do a watch party not not all three of them because no no no, no. <laughs> sean baby sticks uh Chapter two is on Prime, and it's already got my continue watching at the bottom. But John Wick one isn't on Prime, but John Wick three oh, okay. is on Prime. Yeah, so it's weird when I do that. Yeah, may maybe we'll do a two and three watch along, and just try and squeeze in part one along the way, or read the Wikipedia. <laughs> but 
That's weird. Um, but yeah, future if people happen to watch it, want to watch it, I do a twitch.tv tezis, T-E-Z-Z-I-U-S. We normally do horror films on a Friday night or whenever, depending on what's on Amazon Prime. More often than not, not that much decent looking horror on there. Um, well, let's move on. Two little pieces of the news left. I'll just do one little final refresh to see if we've got any new film news. No, very strange. Very strange. Um, so there is a a film coming to digital next month, followed by a home release in January, uh, coming from Megan Navarro at blooddiscussion.com. Lionsgate's Pray for the Devil heads to digital next month. Uh, Exorcism. Have you seen it? No, no, I haven't seen it, but it's uh, it looks good. It's meant to be really good, isn't it? I think I've saw a trailer for it a little while ago. Yeah, I've not, uh, I've not kind of followed when it's uh, when it's out, but now. We, we have a date now for digital on December the 13th, uh, formerly known as The Devil's Light, uh, but now exorcism horror movie Pray for the Devil comes out on digital December 13th and a 4K Ultra HD combo pack plus Blu-ray and digital, Blu-ray combo pack plus DVD and digital, DVD and on demand July, uh, not July, sorry, January 3rd from Lionsgate. In Pray for the Devil, in response to a global rise in demonic possessions, the Catholic Church reopens exorcism schools to train priests in the rite of exorcism. On a spiritual battlefield, an unlikely warrior rises, a young nun, Sister Anne, played by Jacqueline Byers. I won't read too much more, because this seems like one of those blurbs where it talks about a good, maybe about 70% of the film's plot. <laughs> Uh, but this is directed by Daniel Stamm and written by Halloween H2O 20 years later's Robert Zapier. It also features Virginia Madsen, who's star of the original Candyman, alongside Lisa Palfrey, Nicholas Ralph and Ben Cross. How do you feel about exorcism films, Gruff? Are they, um, are they on your radar? Are they something you enjoy, don't enjoy? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean... The uh, Exorcist is obviously the original and the classic, as far as I'm concerned. Winner of yeah. the uh, the Halloween face-off? Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to talk about that because it, it should have been a thing. Um, <laughs> we won't go down. Won't it go should down have been Suspiria, but I was yeah, out no, that's, that's That's very true. I was genuinely <laughs> shocked as well uh, about that. But I, I was certain it was like the thing, yeah. The thing, the thing. It's going to be the thing. It's going to be the thing, but it wasn't. But no, no, no. Um, yeah, no, the Exodus is good. Um, I know I've seen a few. Um, I can't really think of any off the top of my head, to be fair. I know I've seen the Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I, I do personally find those quite entertaining, to be fair. It's not something I find particularly boring or not that interesting. So yeah, no, but I have heard that film is meant to be quite scary and the usual mm. blurb of people walking out of you know, kind of cinemas because it's so scary. Um, but I don't uh, tend to listen to that. But no. it does sound pretty good. So I mean, I'll, catch it. I'll give it a watch. Um, I, I, I tend to have that habit of always comparing exorcism films to The Exorcist getting out yeah. as good, which is unfair because, you know, there's only one The Exorcist, as in ignoring the sequels, there is only one film up to the level in terms of exorcism films as The Exorcist. Um, but there are some good ones out there. There was uh, one on Shudder a couple of years ago called The Cleansing Hour about a, uh, a streaming priest who's a fraud, but then the the 
the stream gets hijacked by the girlfriend of the cameraman, I think, or the producer being possessed by the literal devil. Um, that was really oh, good. That sounds interesting. Yeah, the cleansing hour. It's definitely worth the watch. Um, and it's got the, the police officer from Smile, that guy who's one of those actors you never know the name of, but he crops up in quite a few yeah. films here and there. Um, but then there's a few others like, what did I watch not too long ago on Netflix called The Seventh Day? I didn't think that was Oh, that yeah, good. yeah, I've seen that. I, yeah, that was rubbish. Yeah, I wasn't, I I wasn't won over by that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, you know, if there's a exorcism film that's getting some praise, I will, I will check it out. And then finally on the news, Kevin Smith teases plans for horror sequel Red State 2. Uh, this is again from Megan Navarro at bloodydisgusting.com. Writer-director Kevin Smith made his first foray into horror in 2011 with Red State, centering on a fundamentalist group with a sinister agenda. Could a sequel finally be on the way? The answer may indeed be yes. Uh, Slash Film reports that Smith announced plans for Red State 2 while promoting Clerks 3 at a recent screening. Smith revealed that it was Lionsgate, who also distributed Clerks 3, who reached out about a potential sequel. This is the quote. They were like, if we do this, would you do it again? And I was like, yeah, in a heartbeat. I mean, obviously, Michael Parks is gone, but it's just a story of a crazy of crazy people with guns and shit like that. As long as I could use John Goodman again, I could make a hundred fucking red states. And I'm like, let's do it. So we're going to make one. While no actual plans or script are currently in place, it's interesting to note Lionsgate's keen interest in pursuing the project with Smith. Uh, the Thriller starred Academy Award winner Melissa Leo and Golden Globe winner John Goodman, alongside Michael Parks, Kyle Garner. So uh, that's the guy. That's the guy that was in The Cleansing Hour and Smile, Kyle Garner, because it says here, oh. Smile. Another film that he's in. <laughs> <laughs> and and Kevin Pollock. So, did have you ever seen the original Red State? Uh, yes. Um, I'm a pretty big Kevin Smith you know, kind of fanboy, or I was when I had more time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I've been to see a lot of his shows in London. I've met Jason Mewes. Um, nice. I used to listen relentlessly to his podcast, but he's got so many of them. Snoochie um, boochies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Um, so in terms of Red State, uh, yeah, no, I did. Um, I did really enjoy that film. Um, Quite surprised that that's even been brought up. I didn't never saw there being a sequel to Red State. Um, and, but to be honest, without Michael Parks, I mean, Michael Parks was the star of that, as far as I'm concerned. I thought he was brilliant in it. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's a bit of a strange one, but <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. He's going to make it if he's going to make it. So, Well, I... Um... In terms of the podcasts, I've not listened. I mean, I, I used to really enjoy Kevin Smith's kind of like up to like mid two thousands kind of stuff. Um, I, I like most of his kind of his, his earlier stuff. I'd kind of say I kind of fell off following in the last like ten years or so. Uh, podcast ones, I've not listened to any of his podcasts, but I do listen to Tell Him Steve Dave, which is the um, yeah the like comic book men with Q from Impractical Jokers. That's always a good laugh. Um, but yeah, Red State. That's a film I do feel that at some point I need to give a rewatch because I wasn't. I remember watching it and sort of thinking it feels like it's one type of film, and there's some good moments with the the teens that are held at the fundamentalist church. But then it sort of just felt like 
okay, well, they're all dead now. So who who are we following in this film? Like, who's the centred on? And that that was quite jarring for me. And mm. I I guess that was maybe part of the point that you initially think it's a teen film, and oh, they're going to get in some hijinks and trouble, but then they all die fairly quickly. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, so I don't know. I mean, I'm I'll give it a watch. It can only be better than Tusk, so I did not like Tusk. Oh, good lord! Yeah, I was just going to say um, Tusk and um, Yoga Hoses. That was the other one, wasn't it? I, I've not yeah. seen Yoga Hoses, but I've never heard bother. anything good. No, yeah. I'm sorry, Kevin Smith. I love you to bits, but yeah, I do want to watch. I do want to watch Clerks Three because I've heard good things about that, yeah, and I do like fair, the first two. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, that is on my radar to watch. I do need to watch that. Um, did you see um, the last Jay and Silent Bob? I wanted to love that because I really love Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, um, me too. It just it it just had that kind of for me. It had a bit of that feeling of oh god, how, what's the best way to put it? It had that kind of feeling of where you're returning to a franchise maybe a bit late, or there's not no, been the yeah. same money behind it that the original had. Did you enjoy um, the the Um, reboot, I think it's called? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, you know, kind of watching it. It was good. Um, But it's not, no, it's not in the same league as, 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 you know, like the original one. Um, And yeah, I would definitely agree. It does feel like it's it's just been left too late. Um, And I think it feels, it's kind of like the thing, what we're going to discuss later with Buffy, it feels a little bit, of its time, and it, mm. it does feel like it was a little bit too late. And it, it had some entertaining, you know, entertaining, <laughs> entertaining moments. I, I and also like, I, I was not a fan, and I can't remember if this occurred in any other, you know, in the original Jane Silent Bob or any other sort of things. I am not usually a big fan of overtly meta stuff. And when he's got, you know, him playing Silent Bob and then also him playing himself quite heavily near yeah, the yeah. end. I don't mind Meta as much as, I mean, She-Hulk, I expected it. So, I mean, I, I wasn't that fast. I just didn't find any of She-Hulk entertaining, but I didn't. it didn't strike me too strongly. But um, anything normally with Meta, other than, I guess, New Nightmare, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, New Nightmare, Brad Crohn's New Nightmare, I should say, I don't normally like that much and i think a lot of the the ending i think it's like the last half hour or so where it's focusing around him as kevin smith but then he's also playing silent yeah, bob that was a bit just, weird. yeah i don't know i couldn't really get my head around it well i, I mean i got it but like yeah yeah not I my mean, thing yeah i mean the um the original you know kind of jan silent bob it's got um jason lee plays two completely different characters doesn't he yeah, um, that's, that's fair. And then Ben Affleck doesn't doesn't Ben Affleck appear as Ben Affleck in this, and also as yeah, he does. Yeah, um, oh, I can't remember his character's name. Yeah, guy from Chasing Amy, isn't it? They're both characters Holden, from Chasing Holden McNeil or something. Yeah, Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> he was. Phantoms is a good film. It's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> it is. It is a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we are supposedly gonna get a red state too it's always funny when there's no plans for a, a script in place it's just a case of do you want to do a new one yeah right 
Um, anyway, Graf, let's move on to the the, uh, the film reviews. Now, what's my usual review music? Um, I think it might be the... No, that's my homework music. So I think it is... This is God. It's usually my cue to have a quick vape break. Um, so, Graf, I watched this week a new Shudder exclusive, an Irish film directed by Lynn Davison called Mandrake. A uh, little tagline for that is Evil Takes Root. Uh, so directed by Lynn Davison, written by Matt Harvey, stars Deirdre Mullins, Dara Paul Crotty, and Paul Kennedy. Uh, a probation officer, Kathy Madden, is tasked with rehabilitating a notorious killer named Bloody Mary Laidlaw back into society following a two- decade sentence oh man this film could have been good it could uh, i i just i I don't like to be too disparaging gruff i don't want to be too disparaging but this is a fucking struggle to get through (laughs) so essentially it's a witch film and for me watching this the first a half hour or so 45 minutes um kind of interesting the film does look great uh it's the there's this coldness to the colors it's all quite like this kind of you know bluey green hue it feels cold watching it in the irish countryside this isolated kind of dilapidated farmhouse is the setting for quite a bit of it some quite tragic moments in it but um yeah she's a probation officer kathy who's on the poster artwork if you're watching this live and she has to rehabilitate a woman called uh mary Laidlow, known as bloody mary because 20 years ago she had supposedly had an affair cheated on her husband with a man her husband found out murdered the man and hung him up in the forest um and then beat seven shades of poop out of mary setting her on fire before she killed him in quite a bloody violent way so she's been rehabilitated into society um but this is essentially a witch film because there's a lot of folklore that goes on with uh, surrounding bloody mary and uh and then kathy gets taken hostage and this is you know about in the first a third of the film so i won't go sort of too much further than there it, man it feels like there could be a good film in this because like i say it looks good um i mean some of the effects in, in terms of some attack scenes look a bit a bit crap um and also it kind of for me the, the feeling that i had watching this graph was this kind of symbolized why we maybe don't get so many witch-based films in the modern era. Or maybe why witch films are more difficult to do than vampire films, you know, to werewolf films, I guess. Not really as big as they used to be, but um, witches and mummies. I mean, mummies have gone more down the action route um, in terms of classic monsters uh or folklore monsters which is for whatever reasons don't really seem to transpose to a modern setting that well i guess the original the craft could be a, an exception to the rule but watching this reminded me of a film i watched quite early on in ministry of horror called slap face 
very similar thing of this kind of folklore-esque. I mean, that was more of a monster than a witch, but similar sort of thing. But there's such logical jumps in this graph where certain things happen in the second, in the final, you know, third of the film where you're sort of thinking, wait, what? <laughs> How, logic just goes out the window. Um, before I give a score, Gruff, have you seen Mandrake? I have not. I'm sorry, I can't comment um, on that one. I've never heard of it. And to be honest, I probably won't ever watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I I can't. I can't really rate it. I remember what, I watched this in two parts because the first part had me kind of intrigued. Okay, probation officer, quite, you know, quite quite dark setting with this this woman and this crime she's committed and what's going on here. But then it just takes some weird jumps. And not even interesting weird jumps, I thought. So I'm giving it a 4 out of 10. Just make that 4 a little bit bigger. 4 out of 10. I didn't think it was that good. To be honest, can't really recommend it. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't terrible, but it was just like... There's, there's, there could have been a good film in this, maybe. Somewhere in there. Performances performances were good the lead actress the woman who also plays mary they were good but there's just a few moments where you're sort of thinking there's like a lynching scene which may be a little bit spoilery but there's like a lynching scene where you're just sort of thinking well they bloody jumped to that conclusion quick <laughs> oh dear. yeah we'll move on we'll move on so next up and this film has recently gone on to amazon prime it's a premiere on amazon prime but it was actually made in 2020 i believe for whatever reason it's been held up in distribution limbo and that is run sweetheart run this is a film written and directed by shanna feste so to women empowering films uh also written by keith joseph atkins and keely tyrrell produced by jason blum uh fet brown and uh starring uh ella balinska pilau aspeik who if they're fans of game of thrones he was the uncle of who's the guy from the iron islands who got his dick calf and was held prisoner for a while if anyone watched Game of Thrones, oh. he was in like the last two seasons as the mad. He killed his brother on this bridge. Yeah. You know who I mean, Gruff. I know. I, I, yeah, there's so many people in that show, but <laughs> I know who you mean, yeah. Um, yeah, he he plays, he's, in, he's one of the main characters. And there's quite a few people, but it's essentially kind of focused on these two characters. Um, but this is a supernatural horror threat film. Um, and it stars Ella Belinsky as a Sherry, who's a young single mother and a pre-law student working as a secretary for a legal firm in Los Angeles. On her way home, she receives a frantic call from her boss, James, who says that Sherry double-booked him for dinner with an important client at the same time as his anniversary dinner, which Sherry has no memory of. Uh, James asks Sherry to go to dinner for him, and she reluctantly accepts. Uh, when preparing for the dinner, Sherry's period starts, and she realises that she is out of tampons. Uh, quite a funny scene. She notices that she's out of tampons, looks over, and her young child is just holding one over the toilet. This toddler, basically, just looks at her mum and drops it in. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, so she, she goes to this dinner with uh, Ethan, played by 
uh, Pilau Aspek, the guy from Game of Thrones. Things are going well between the two. It's kind of feeling a bit more like a date than a, a business dinner. Um, he invites her in. She says, no, 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 I, I should get home. I've got a babysitter at home. Need to get home. And he says, look, you know, if you need to be up early, I'll set an alarm to be up early as well. So, you know, I'll feel your pain. But, you know, just let's not end the end the night yet. And she leans over and kisses him and says, okay, all right, then we'll have one drink and then I'll go home. And then you hear a lot of banging and crashing and smashing. And she falls out the door of his house bloody wound on her head and is running running for her life and this is how the film opens so the film is about Cherie trying to survive the night while she is being pursued by this very powerful uh, in terms of money influence uh, and the way that he gets around town um, and mysterious character Ethan so I would first off have to say that this is much better than Mandrake. Um, if you're going to watch a film out of the two, don't watch Mandrake. <laughs> <laughs> watch Run, Sweetheart, Run. This it, this is a pretty damn good film. Um, I'll just look at the chat. I've got a few things going on in the chat. Um, so talking about Jay and Silent Bob, Baby Eyes saying, is it called Jay and Silent Bob Reboot? Uh, yeah, I think that was the that yeah, was the sequence. Right, that was uh, Frank the Can, I hear Mandrake, and my first thought goes to Defenders of the Earth. I vaguely remember Defenders of the Earth. I think it's on Pluto on Retro Cartoons channel. Um, that had the Phantom. I think the Phantom was in the Defenders oh, of the Earth. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Wow, that's taking yeah. me back. That's a, yeah, that's a deep couple, that. yeah. Yeah. Um, Baby Eyes, Shudder gave us a stinker this week. They really did. They really did. They've had a couple of non-new film classics on there French uh, French new wave of horror film called Frontiers which is from about 10 years old now that's very good uh, a couple of other ones but yeah in terms of the new films Shudder haven't had too much good last couple of weeks um, Baby Ice Run Sweetheart trailer looked good I'm going to check this out for myself uh, yeah if I hadn't have watched this today for the show I'd have probably said hey let's do a watch party and watch this not knowing anything about it but I'm not going to watch it again anytime soon just because I've only just watched it. But guys, watch it on Prime, I would say. Uh, Fran, at least they had an original poster instead of their neon default of late. Um, was that about the Shudder film? Yeah. Most Shudder films recently have had that kind of pinky purple neon glow around yeah, it. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've yeah, seen. which is a bit, it's a bit repetitive. Um, and regarding the character of uh, the uh, Pilau Aspect played from Game of Thrones, Fran the Cannon, Theon Greyjoy, uh, Baby Ice, the one who tried to cram Cersei. Yes, that's the one. Yes. Uh, so performances-wise, um, Elia Belinsky does a great job as the central character in this. Um, and the other lead, Pilau Aspect, who is somehow getting around town following her incredibly uber-violent. Uber you don't really know his motivations until we get into the final third of the film um he is incredibly creepy in this is kind of similar to how he was in in game of thrones and in this is more so he can play the moments of being quite charming with her he's quite flirty seems quite sincere so then the moments where he is not a very nice man and you totally find him quite creepy and quite repulsive um I would say that maybe in the finale, 
doesn't, I wouldn't say doesn't stick the landing, but there's certain kind of themes in the end, which um, I got, without kind of going into too much, I kind of got the themes at the end, but they probably weren't really aimed for me as the audience, which probably sounds incredibly vague, but maybe if you watch the film, you might pick up on the same thing when you watch it. Um, but it's a good finale, generally, and it's a very good film. The, the finale, I don't think, is as good as the, the rest of the film, but some really cool moments in this. Uh, so in terms of a score for Run, Sweetheart, Run, um, I think 7 out of 10 is fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Gruff, from the sounds of my score and description, uh, will you be giving Run, Sweetheart, Run a watch? Yes, yes. It does sound quite interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it does. Uh, I'll definitely try and get it out watched. It does sound, you've definitely uh, promoted it up. <laughs> I do quite quite like the sound of that, especially compared to the uh, previous film, Mandrake. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I will try uh, try to give that a watch. I'll put it on my never-ending list of things <laughs> to watch. i tell you what I watched um, a bit of on my lunch break today. Um, I, I had it on. I went to the, the gym and when I did some cardio. I sort of started the film on on my phone and then watched the rest uh, this evening. Because um, I've been trying to get through the films that I've been adding to my freebie watch list, the um, the channel that's on Prime that's free. Yeah. Uh, so at the weekend I'd watch Needful Things, but today I thought, you know what? Let's give Vampires Los Muertos a watch, the sequel with John Bon Jovi. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. It's not that good. <laughs> oh, even if it's even though it's got John Bon Jovi in it. I mean, they slapped John Carpenter's name at the very start. John Carpenter's Vampires Los Muerto. Uh, even though I'm pretty sure it had nothing to do with the film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, J John Bon Jovi. I know he's done a couple of other films, but I mean, he's pretty vacant looking in this. Uh, but there's one moment, actually, um, where this young teenage lad appears, and I thought... He looks kind of familiar. And I looked on the cast list on uh, on uh, Prime. They got a little, you know, you can bring up the cast. And uh, it was uh, Diego Luna, who's now in Andor, I believe. I believe he is Andor. And he was in Vampires Los Muertos. So the main oh. character from Rogue One and Andor started off. I don't know if it was his first film, but yeah, he was in the Vampire Diego sequel. Luna. It was, is that not the same guy that was Ghost Rider in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Could well, I'm thinking be. of someone else. And wasn't he in the Terminator film, the last one? I may maybe getting muddled up. Uh, let's maybe have a look. Up. Diego Luna. Uh, so, oh, we've done quite a few films before. Vampires, Los Muertos. Um, ba -ba -da. He was in Elysium. I can't remember who he was in that. I've not seen Elysium for a while. Uh, yeah, he was in Rogue One, um, and then he's in Troll Hunters: Rise of the Titans. Our kids' film, not Troll Hunters. Um, yeah, so he's in Andor and da, 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 Narcos, Mexico. He's the lead in Narcos, Mexico. Doesn't say. Oh, Agents okay. of Maybe Shield. I'm getting muddled up with, with someone else. I was thinking of someone else then, clearly. Ah, okay, but yeah, it's done like. He's done a few things, but yeah, he was uh, he was in Vampires, uh, Lost Muertos, and that was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence is going to be very disappointed. 
it wasn't a good film. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I mean, some of the kills were alright, but there's some moments where you're just sort of thinking, "What? What were they thinking here? What was the basis for this?" Oh dear. Right, let's move on to the homework, which the homework music I do have. A baby eye says Gruff was thinking Gabriel Luna. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, my mistake. That's right. Are they related yeah. or just just similar names? Don't know. Um, so for the homework, I set last week for y'all to watch the Canadian film Supernatural Horror from the year two thousand. Ginger Snaps, directed by John Fawcett, written by Karen Walton, uh, starring Emily Perkins, Catherine Isabel as Bridget and Ginger Fitzgerald, two morbid teenage sisters whose relationship is tested when Ginger, who started her period for the first time, is attacked and bitten by an unknown animal, and then later, during the next full moon, slowly starts to transform into a lycanthrope. Um, so, Gruff, have you watched Ginger Snaps? I have. Um, I did see it originally many years ago uh, when it first came out, and I remember really liking it. Um, I do remember a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, Ginger Snaps, Ginger Snaps, really good. I just remember it being spoken about by quite a lot of people back in the day. Yeah. Um, I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I did re-watch really it last night, I think it was, if I'm right. Um, yeah, it was quite jarring. It different. Um, it was quite strange a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it had some really strange acting. It was very weird and quirky. Um, <laughs> Has it not aged of, too well? Yeah, I would say for me, it didn't necessarily age too well. Um, some of the, you know, kind of like the effects of the wolf as it's attacking people sound like. The vampires out of uh, Buffy and Angel. I'm mm. sure they're literally lifted. Um, but yeah, but having said that, by the time I got to the end of the film, it, it, I did actually quite enjoy, you know, kind of re-watching it again. It was good, but some of the stuff was just very, very kind of dated, I thought. Um, the teenage boy that gets infected as well, and then he starts going around attacking people. He's awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> Terrible. Um, but it did make me laugh. I was literally sat there laughing at it in some places. So I did get some enjoyment out of it. But no, it was good. It was good. I've not watched it for a long time, but I always remember enjoying it. I mean, the most, the bits that always stood out as jarring to me was uh, the initial transformation for ginger where she's kind of she's human but she's got like the cat or the wolfy sort of face i just remember oh, thinking that yeah, looked a yeah, bit yeah. shit yeah um but i mean yeah Catherine isabel is really really cool and um uh yeah it's got some moments i, I remember when she's full-on uh full-on wolf near the end and there's a moment where um she's attacked a guy and um uh, Bridget is sort of trying to plead with her, you know, just stop, just stop this. I think she just casually just breaks his neck or slices his his throat with a, a paw, a claw, which I always thought was quite quite brutal. Um, but yeah, I, I, what, what would you give it out of ten, Graf? Uh, six 
Okay. Out of 10. It was, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with that before I change my mind. I was tempted to go a bit higher, but yeah, I'll go 6.5. Oh, that's no, fair. No, no, it's good. It's good. I, like I say, no disrespect to it. I did really enjoy the film. Um, it's just, I think because you know how sometimes you have, a, you have rose-tinted kind of glasses and you remember how something looks in your head. Yeah. And when you actually see it, I was like, oh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> brought back down to reality <laughs> but no it was good i did enjoy it uh baby ice in the chat says this movie might have invented emo um and also says how did the school not notice kids roaming the halls with new wolf teeth um Frank the can says it does feel quite dated now 5.5 out of 10 um and baby ice 5 out of 10 thanks to sultry catherine roaming the halls <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, guys, I haven't got any homework for for you for this week coming. Um, it yeah, no, nothing's kind of sprung to mind. Been very busy with other little bits and bobs. So, you got a week off homework. Consider this well, half term. I have. Oh. I've got homework. I've got homework to watch, haven't I? So I've got to watch John Wick. I got to watch John Wick. Yeah. That's that's my so. Everyone else, enjoy your week off. I've still got, <laughs> I've still got homework to do. Gruff's got uh, summer school. Um, <laughs> uh, right, guys, we have, uh, we've done our, our news, we've done our reviews. We are now going to get to our featured presentation. everyone's featured presentation moment music which is obviously muted uh, for me and gruff so we just sat here in silence but <laughs> we are here tonight to talk about the tv show phenomenon buffy the vampire slayer buffy the vampire slayer this Ooh. came out in uh, based on the 1992 film of the same name that was written by Joss Whedon also but the show is created and written by uh, writer director Joss Whedon we won't uh, we'll probably kind of limit what we're talking about Joss to to there we're not going to talk about the allegations and conduct and all that stuff as you know quite you know, da- I'm not say a downer because that sounds discriminatory but uh, it's not great to kind of hear about how the set you know how the set was and these these allegations about you know a director that uh, was quite well respected but when you find out about what their personality was like and some of the things that have, that have come out which you, you know you can do your own you can do your own research it's quite uh yeah, quite deflating yeah. um so we'll, we'll limit the references to to him to that but the show premiered all the way back in 1997 on the WB before concluding 2003 on UPN. The show follows Buffy Summers, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, the latest in a line of young women known as vampire slayers, or simply slayers. Uh, In the story, slayers, or the chosen ones, are chosen by fate to battle against vampires, demons, and other forces of darkness. Buffy wants to live a normal life, but as the series progresses, she learns to embrace her destiny. Like previous Slayers, Buffy is aided by a Watcher, 
who guides, teaches, and trains her. Unlike her predecessors, Buffy surrounds herself with a circle of loyal friends who become known as the Scooby Gang, a reference to the animated franchise Scooby-Doo that features a group of friends solving mysteries together. Uh, the series received critical and popular acclaim and usually reached between 4 and 6 million viewers on the original airings. Although such ratings are lower than successful shows on the big four networks, they were a success for a relatively new and smaller WB television network. Uh, despite the fact that Buffy was um, almost entirely ignored by major award shows during its run, the series was nominated for the American Film Institute Award for Drama Series of the Year. Geller was nominated for the Golden Globe Award for Best Actress for a Television Series Drama for her performance in the show, and the series was nominated five times for Television Critic Association Awards, winning once in 2003 for the Television Critics Association Heritage Award. Um, there's been a number of tie-ins to the show, including novels, comics, and video games. Um, there's been... Uh, a comics series continuation that's canon i've only read a little bit of it, it wasn't really for me um gruff have you ever read any of the kind of the continuation comics um i don't think i've read any of the buffy ones no i did read some of the angel ones um but no i don't think i've ever read any of the buffy ones to be fair um i still quite like to um but no, uh, I don't really know much about the comic books after, you know, like the show ended, to be fair. So if anyone knows anything and they want to put it in the chat, I'd be quite interested to to hear if anyone knows about that. Well, Fran McCannon says, uh, just talk about the earlier homework, that uh, she'll rewatch John Wick in solidarity for you, Gruff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so... The it's con it, Buffy's been considered to be a part of a wave of television series from the late 90s and early 2000s that feature strong female characters alongside Xena Warrior Princess, uh, Le Femme Nikita, Dark Angel, and Alias. The s series, as well as its spin off series Angel and extensions thereof, have been collectively termed the Buffyverse. A second spin-off of the series was being developed for television with Monica Awusu-Breen as showrunner before being shelved in 2022. So it seems to be the spin-off or remake, reboot, whatever they were calling it. Yeah, heard about that. That's now been, been shelved. And, I mean, we can probably talk about it either now or at the end, but there's been a number of other things. There was going to be a Giles show on BBC. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was generally hoping and excited that was going to happen because i really like trials but yeah that that could have been very cool i think there was going to be a spike uh, film or solo show that that was also shelved there was an animated series focusing yeah. on the high school years um for whatever reason con considering the fandom um the popularity just never went through to the next stage uh but me and the gruff are going to be talking about this evening it was going to briefly talk about each kind of season of the show. Now, there's similar to the X Files. There's, I mean, other than series one, which is twelve episodes, the rest of them are like twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four episodes. We'd be here all night if we talked about all of the the highlights and lowlights. So, what we're going to be doing is we're going to look at each season. We're going to talk about our favorite episode. Anything that we kind of thought was 
eh, that's not so good. You know, that's maybe the sort of thing where if you're going to do a rewatch, maybe you'd skip it, maybe. Uh, and also, the series Big Bad. Um, you happy with that, Gruff? Happy with that that format? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, yeah, pretty happy with that. Um, I may struggle to come up with favourite and worst episode. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to chat about each one. Yeah, it all sounds good. So... We start off with series one, where we're introduced to Buffy, who's uh, gone joined Sunnydale High after burning down the gym for her previous uh, previous high school. Uh, meeting Giles, played by Anthony Stewart Head. She makes friends with uh, Xander Harris, played by Nicholas Brendan. Willow Rosenberg, played by Alison Hannigan. Cordelia Chase, played by Charisma Carpenter. And also meeting, uh, we, we, we meet her mother, Joyce Summers, played by Christine Sutherland. Uh, David Boreanaz, playing the mysterious angel, uh, a vampire who is cursed with a soul. Um, and also the series Big Bad, I think the main ones to kind of talk about, um, are uh, The Master, played by Mark Metcalf. Um, so, did you want me to go first, Gruff, or did you want to pick your, your favourite episode yeah, first? No, go, mate. Go for it. You go first. So the first episode, the episode that I would probably have to say is my favourite. It's it's kind of between two, because I do think that Buffy Series 1 is pretty strong. I think it helps that it's a 12-episode show. I, I always find with American shows, the less episodes, the less potential for fillers. Because um, in this era where you're getting you know shows like Lost um even even the x-files i mean i don't think there's one series of the x-files where every episode is a banger you're always going to get on a 20 episode season uh you know some fillers but we've got 12 episodes here the two that always stuck out to me for whatever reason i always remember watching them first time as a kid and if i've ever done a rewatch i'm always like oh yeah it's this one and that is episode six the pack where four students at a zoo sneak into the hyena habitat Xander follows, hoping to rescue them, uh, while Buffy and Willow stop by Zookeeper. But the students and Xander are possessed by hyena spirits. That's one of my favourites. And the other one is Nightmares. Uh, in class, Buffy sees a boy standing outside the door, and immediately afterwards, a student, Wendell, opens his book to reveal several spiders. We also see, we basically see people's fears in these kind of waking nightmares. And it always kind of reminded me of a bit of a Freddy Krueger-esque Nightmare on Elm Street kind of setting. Um, you know, each one's kind of being hunted by something they don't like. And I always remember Xander is being chased by a clown from a birthday party. Yes, I remember yeah. this. Yeah, I remember this one um so th those uh, yeah I, I know we said like favorite episode but i couldn't really pick between those two um gruff is there anything that springs to mind for you and by all means i've got wikipedia open so yeah don't... same i'm, just, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, remember i mean because for me the first uh episode i would have come up with would have been the hyena one mm. that is one of the ones that sticks in my in my mind as well um that is quite a good episode. What I was going to say, actually, um, have you ever seen the pilot episode? The, uh, pilot the one it's got um, uh, Eric. Oh God, I know Eric Balfour's in the pilot because he was in um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and it's got that guy who's like a big guy that was always the go-to beefy guy, and he was playing 
the anointed one I'm not too sure about that, but I know it's got a different person who plays Willow. Oh, an actress. Have oh, no, I've not seen that. It's on YouTube because I watched it earlier. I watched the clip of it earlier. It's still on YouTube. Oh, so it's not, not um, Welcome to Hellmouth. No, no. Uh, it's an un, unaired pilot. Um, oh. But it's got a completely different actress. I've not seen that, no. Oh, you look very surprised. I am very surprised. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right, okay. Yeah, but no. I, um, I click on Willow Rosenberg. Let's have a little goosey gander who who played her. Da, 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 other than obviously Alison Hannigan. Yeah. Pilot and casting. Um, and the half hour pilot was filmed starring Riff Regan as Willow. But it was eventually yes. left unaired, and network executives requested that Regan be replaced. Willow's character demanded that she be shy and unsure of herself, and the casting department encountered some difficulty finding actors who could portray this effectively and still be likable. Um, they then found Alison Hannigan, who's 23 at the time. Really? Wow, really? So she is 48 now. Oh, okay. Oh, and she's married to uh, Alex uh, Denisoff, yes, who's Wesley. that's right. Wesley, yeah, that's right. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, so no, I've not seen that. I'm going to have to... Yeah, it's, um, if you're curious, like I said, it is on YouTube, because I, I looked for it earlier. Um, okay. It is on now, so um, go and give it a watch. Um, it's quite weird seeing a completely different actress playing her. Um, but yeah, um, so I'll... Just glancing through, I know there's one episode to do with a ventriloquist dummy. The, uh, the puppet show. Yes. Uh, that one I remember liking quite a lot. I do kind of find those quite freaky anyway. Um, <laughs> although it's kind of like that episode of Goosebumps and the Goosebumps films. They've got the ventriloquist dummy as well. Um, but yeah. that, I remember, being a, I remember being quite a good episode. But I quite like... In terms of the big bad and characters, I quite like the master. Yeah. Um, in that, you know, kind of show, um, you know, kind of season. Um, I really, really like the master. Um, I think he's quite amusing and quirky and he just kind of fits the <laughs> the style of the of of the show. Um doesn't it have unless I'm wrong, uh no, not Drew Silla. Um Darla? Darla. Darla. She's in the first season, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it wasn't... Uh, I was getting someone confused with the anointed one. I think the anointed one was a, a kid that was meant to be the, the next Yes, that's thing. right. Yeah. No, I, was, I was thinking of Brian Thompson as Luke. So Brian Thompson, he was the uh, assassin in the X-Files and he was Shao yes, Kahn yes. in the second Mortal Kombat, I think. Right, yeah. yeah. And he's in... Season two of Buffy as the judge. He's yeah, got yeah. Makeup on. Yeah, same same actor, different character. Yeah, yeah. The master, the master was a cool villain. Um, it's one of those things where it's a good arc, and I know he sort of briefly has little appearances once or twice afterwards. Um, but it's one of those things where you're sort of thinking, ah, oh, it'd be nice if they got used again. But yeah, he worked. He was a he was a great sort of centerpiece villain for uh the series one of the show um in terms of um oh, i've closed down what i was looking at whoops let me just go back on that 
Oh, shit. In terms of episodes that I maybe wasn't so fond of, um, which is quite limiting, really, because most of these are quite good, I guess Teacher's Pet with the Praying Mantis. Yeah, I was just looking at that one myself. It's not a bad episode, but it's just not one of the better ones out of the 12 episodes. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that one. Fran, the chat says, Series 1 is either the pack or the puppet show for me. A nice misdirect in the latter. Yeah, I'll agree. I think the other one, which I, I don't dislike... Because I do think the story is quite good and it's good performance, isn't it? But I think it's just the presentation in the modern era, which you could probably say with a few episodes, is always quite jarring. Is I Robot You Jane? Oh, yeah. The yes. Demon Moloch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That just doesn't look very good these days. Does oh, that's it? very dated. Very dated. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot we're about that one. Yeah. I remember when it popped up when I rewatched Series 1 um, last year or, or something like that, that I was like. The episode itself is good, but I mean the look of Moloch, like the storyline of this demon that basically kind of catfishes Willow, and you can't help but always empathise with Willow because she's so sweet and shy, and no one really sees her, and then someone takes an interest, but it turns out to be a demon that's in her computer, <laughs> and then it just turns to that stupid robot at the end. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah wow. it's like the ancient text from a book that she's scanning scanned isn't it? into the computer that's right yeah i remember that wow well, i haven't seen that for a long time no. <laughs> well i mean if you think ginger snaps looks dated <laughs> watch that yeah yeah i know i mean i i yeah you know kind of going back to ginger snaps i thought that when i was re-watching it last night so i was like this reminds me of you know kind of buffy so many ways <laughs> well we move on from uh from series one to series two which uh, premiered september 15th 1997 um the first 13 episodes aired on mondays at nine with episode 14 the series moved to tuesdays at eight time slot the series would occupy for the rest of its run the emotional stakes are raised in season two new vampires spike and drusilla basically like a uh sid and nancy if you will yeah that's what they were going for wasn't it yeah they come to town along with the new Slayer, Kendra Young, who was activated as a result of Buffy's brief death in the season one finale. Xander becomes involved with Cordelia, lucky bugger, uh, while Willow becomes involved with Witchcraft and Daniel Oz Osborne, played by the brilliant Seth Green, who becomes a werewolf after being bitten by a young cousin who he later learns has the same condition. Buffy and the vampire Angel develop a relationship over the course of the season, but Angel's dark past as the evil and sadistic Angelus threatens to destroy Buffy and the world. So, um, do you want to go first this time for a favourite episode for Series 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Naming a favourite episode is going to be quite hard for me because I think, for me personally, out of every single, you know, kind of season this is the best one in my opinion i like almost all the episodes um i really like the stuff with angel once he loses his soul yeah um, i love i love 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 loved all that stuff back in the day i loved angel um and especially he goes from being so nice and you know kind of mopey and a bit and then he just turns and he's this wicked evil 
nasty, you know, kind of vampire. Um, but I believe I've tried to find it on the list of time jar my memory, but there's one episode called Bad Eggs. Yeah. Uh, that one I remember liking. It reminds me of Invasion of kind of like the Body Snatchers type thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember, remember that one? one? Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's another episode. I'm just trying to find an of it now where someone is in hospital and there's this freaky demon that's like an old man, freaky Freddy Krueger type thing. That's... Killed by death. Yes, that episode. I remember back then, I remember watching it thinking that's quite kind of dark for a lighthearted show Like, because he's actually quite creepy, I think. Yeah. That dude. It's, um, yeah. Um, so they would be two of my favourites. But to be fair, it's quite hard for me with this season because I do like the majority of the episodes. Um, overall, I do think it's a really good, you know, kind of season. I mean, yeah. I mean, standouts. Obviously, the the two part finale where we're seeing a bit more of Angel becoming um, becoming a vampire in seventeen fifties Ireland. Um, I do, you know, David Boreanaz. He does have good performances in in this, probably more so in in the spin-off show Angel. Yeah, but I do think his Irish accent is quite bad. Oh, it's memory. atrocious! Yeah, it is, it is atrocious. <laughs> but we see, you know, we get some cool uh, elements of these kind of flashbacks, and also, you know, when he he gets his curse uh, from um, from Romany Gypsies, I believe, him arriving in in yes. New York and then seeing Buffy. Um, yeah, killed by death. The the one with the Kinderstod, um, that was a good one. I think for me, what I would probably have to say, um, was my maybe the my standout episode. I mean, there's quite a few. The introduction of Spike and Drusilla when they're attacking the school. Um, I'd probably actually say Passion, um, which is the one where they are trying to restore the curse on Angelus and Jenny, who's become a love interest for Giles. Um, she's working away on it because she's a, she's sort of a witch, I guess. I can't remember. I think she's got Romany blood in her. Um, but ultimately, there's an attack on the school while they're working there, and um, Angelus breaks into the school, destroys Jenny's computer, and then kills her and returns. And when Giles gets home, he finds a rose left by Angelus. And this is one of those moments where I'm sort of thinking, oh man, Angel, I always thought was a bit of a dull sort of brooding like oh his love interest for buff in the first series yeah exactly seeing seeing this flip in the character i thought was great um in terms of the the big bad i mean really i suppose angelus is the big bad but we've had the introduction of spike and drusilla so i guess if it might make sense to look as our big bad big bad for the season as the trio of these vampires so thought thoughts on them gruff did you enjoy did you enjoy the dynamic? Was there anything you liked a bit more or less? Uh, no, I mean, I I quite liked, as I said, like I quite liked the whole kind of season. Um, I I liked Spike. Um, I liked Drusilla. I see, I can remember her name. Um, and and Jealous, uh as you know, kind of like the big badge of kind of like the season. I really really liked that. Um, I do remember the relationship of Spike and Drew Silla being really weird. 
they are just quite weird, aren't they? Especially Drusilla. Yeah. Isn't bit spaced to, out. Yeah, isn't she meant to be a bit crazy or insane or something anyway, if I remember right? So, yeah. Um, I do remember their scenes being really, you know, kind of bizarre and weird. Um, but no, it was good. Um, in terms of, you know, kind of big bads of the season, I thought that they were, you know, kind of pretty good. We'll just have a quick look at the chat. So, I mean, Baby Ice uh, mentions Inca Mummy Girl. Xander hijinks of gold. Oh, That's yes. a fun episode. Yeah. Um, Bericles. Bericles in the chat. Hey, hey, Bericles. Hey, um, Bericles. Bericles says, wait, am I the only person who voted for Giles? And we have got a poll running. We'll, uh, there's still plenty of time for, no, for more you, votes. you are not, because I voted for Giles oh. as well. <laughs> um, Fran the Cannon, bewitched, bewildered, and bothered. Love potions are never a smart idea. And uh, Fran also says, I've never been that bothered by Drusilla. She always seemed too quirky. She's very quirky. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, yeah, we got the introduction of Oz. I always liked Oz because I was a fan of Seth Green from yes, It and Austin same. Powers. Um, and I did quite like his performance. It's very kind of subdued. He never really gets riled, um, even with finding out he's a werewolf. He's never like overly dramatic. It's just like, oh, man. He's always like chilled and chilled yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and it, I always used to think he was cool because he played in a band. Yeah. Yeah. He had his <laughs> band. Um, so, I mean, is, does any episode, is there any episode where you maybe think, wouldn't be that fussed if I didn't watch that one? I mean, I wouldn't say, I know it's your favourite, so you may not say that there's a, a bad episode per se, but would there be one that you'd uh, maybe think, yeah? Um, Ted, I think that's what it's called. Is that the one where her yeah. mum... Yeah. Uh, no disrespect to John Ritter, because I really like him. He's really good. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, John Ritter. Love that yeah, guy. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy that episode that much overall. And I do remember it looking bad effects-wise back then. So if I rewatched it now, it's going to look even worse, I think, when you see his jaw and... Yeah, <laughs> just lots of flashing lights and kind of diodes, like a nineteen, I don't know, fifties, you know, kind of sci-fi film. <laughs> and I did so Star Trek. Yes, yeah, not that. That one's not so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Fran Cannon mentions Ted Berkeley's beer bad. Oh Lord, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to agree. I mean, there's... I was, I was just looking at Reptile Boy, but I think that's quite good as well, actually. Uh, that's Go the... Fish. Go Fish. Remember Go that one? Fish. Uh, that's the one with the, the guy from Prison Break, Michael Schofield. He plays... He's, uh, I can't remember what the actor's name is. If anyone's seen Prison Break... Uh, I've seen Prison Break, yeah. I, I... Michael Schofield. Um, yeah, that episode where he's like a fifth man or something. <laughs> um, oh, like God. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember that episode not being too good. Yeah, other than that, I mean, just kind of refreshing my memory. Everything else is pretty pretty solid. Nothing, Nothing else really kind of jumps out as being being poor in that episode in that series i should say and it does currently have a 91 percent 
Um, average, uh, an approval rating of 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. <laughs> we'll move on now to, to Series 3. Now, full disclosure, with, uh, with Series 3... Um, when this was airing on TV, I don't know if this was because I don't know where if it would have, it wouldn't have been too much of me doing different things at, at school because this came out in nineteen ninety nine, so I'd have still very much been preteen at that time, um, or if it just changed time slots in the UK maybe. But I remember seeing probably more so just the second half of series three. For whatever reason, I missed a lot of series three in its initial run i have since seen it um but um but yeah for whatever reason i just i, d I didn't really see a lot at the time but yeah the third series of buffy premiered on september 29th 1998 uh an episode 22 the second of the two-part um season finale aired in july 13th 1999 um, however, the episode 18 Earshot did not air until September 21st, 1999, shortly before the season four premiere, which is a bit weird. I have to remind myself what, what episode Earshot is. Um, oh, the, the show maintains previous time slot. Uh, Earshot and Graduation Day Part 2 were delayed in the wake of the Columbine High School Massacre because of their content. Oh, yeah. So was Earshot yeah. the one where, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he appears quite a bit later on, can hear people's thoughts. I want to say Justin, not is it Justin, the the nerdy lad that becomes a bit major in yes, series six. Isn't that the one where at the end he goes up the top of the tower with a rifle or something? I think so. Yeah, yes. I want to yeah, say it's Andrew or Justin, Jonathan, Danny Strong as Jonathan. That's the one, right? Oh, that makes yes, sense. I, I I remember that one. That would I understand now why they probably um, held that back then. Yeah, but this this was the series where we got the introduction of Faith because the previous replacement for Buffy, uh, Kendra, Kendra, was killed uh, by Angelus or Spike, one of the two, can't remember, which then yeah, it then activated Faith. Um, so for me, in terms of favorite episode. Um, I'm really having to remind myself of of some of these. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Um, I, I mean, Bad Girl stands out quite a bit because it's that's quite a mature episode with uh, Faith mistaking Deputy Mayor Allen for a vampire and killing him. So, oh yes, she's essentially committed murder. Good old Faith. Um, but I'd probably actually say maybe my favourite for me was uh, Doppelgangland. With the vampire Xander and uh, and Willow. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah. yeah. We we get uh, Annie desperate to regain her powers as a vengeful demon because we've got the character of Anya. Going to be honest, I've never really been that fussed with the character of Anya. The, the yeah, she did kind of grow on me. I must admit because she appears in this like one episode, doesn't she? And then she's back in the next. Yeah. Regular, yeah. Um. She yeah she a uh, spell goes wrong calling Willow's vampire form to Sunnydale, um at the Bronze Xander and Buffy run into vampire Willow and horrified when she reveals her vampire face um she then recruits vampires blah 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 I remember that being quite good and I mean graduation day the double part finale 
it was good. It was pretty violent, but again, the effects it had CGI from nineteen ninety eight. You know, you you can't do too much with that. Yeah, uh, that I remember that looking bad back in the day. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's going to be very bad now. I think if I watched it. Um, what would you say anything standing out for you in this season episodes wise is there any sort of particular favourite um, so uh, Band Candy as I said earlier um, the one where uh, I, I know it's not not yeah, it's not, ju- not just Joyce and Giles but where there's some sweets or something and then it turns people back to their youth as they were younger yeah, yeah that's so, a good one yeah, I like that one where uh, Giles and Buffy's mum like hit off and they start hanging around with each other like they're teenagers. And Giles has got his, you know, kind of leather coat, smoking, acting like he was back in his youth. Um, that's a good episode. I like that one. Always remember liking that one. Uh, Dead Man's Party, uh, a zombie episode. I remember that one being quite good. Oh, when yeah. it's uh, like a mask. African um, mask, death mask, or something, and they put it up into Buffy's house, I believe, and then it attracts loads of kind of zombies, and all the zombies are trying to get into the house. I remember that episode being pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, off the top of my head, but again, I do remember quite liking this um, show as well, like this um, overall. Series two and series three are probably two of the better ones for me personally. Yeah. Um, I really, really like uh, the big bad as well with this, you know, kind of season. Mayor Wilkins, I think yeah. his name is, if I remember yeah. right. Um, I quite like him because he's just strange and weird. He's always laughing at his own little jokes and stuff, and he's got a thing for germs, hasn't he, if I remember right. <laughs> he's always using hand sanitizer. Um, yeah, so he pre saw COVID. Um, just as well, he, he wasn't around for COVID, wasn't he? I oh, know, he'd have hated it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, um, there's quite a lot of good episodes looking through. Um, Doppelgangland, I know you, you said about that one, and I quite like the two episodes that kind of end the series are both pretty good. Um, visual effects, you know, we're just pretend they don't yeah they, they, they weren't there at the time um but the episodes their self are quite good and it's it was quite obviously this was kind of like the season when angel left and he got his own show um so that was i remember being a bit annoyed about that at the time so i was like why is angel going <laughs> um but yeah that was quite good yeah so i mean with with this one and also you know i I gotta throw out there the um the premiere Anne. i remember that being quite good where she's she's run away because of how series two ended and there's that kind of alternate dimension that's taking basically slaves that was good uh the chat gotta throw out to the chat um baby ice and uh bericles both mentioned the wish that's a good episode with uh cordelia wishing buffy never came to sunnydale Fran also mentions Band Candy. Um, Fran also says, I like the Zeppo in Series 3. Uh, come on. The Zeppo. Buffy, Faith, Willow and Giles work together to defeat several demons that Giles later identifies as members of the Sisterhood of G or JHE who are intended on opening the Hellmouth. 
Xander feeling increasingly, I can't remember this one, feeling increasingly insecure about his role in the group, buys a car in the hopes it'll make him useful, but accidentally rear-ends school bully Jack. Jack threatens Xander with a knife, but Xander covers for Jack and police arrive, gaining his respect. Jack takes Xander into the cemetery where they resurrect Jack's dead friends. Oh, okay, so it's kind of like a sometimes they come back sort of deal, zombie. Jack, also dead, tries to initiate Xander into the group, but he flees. John away, Xander hits a member of the sisterhood, saving Faith. And save Faith seduces him. After having said, oh man, so Xander, Faith, and Cordelia. Bastard. Um, I can't really remember the Zeppo that well, um, but that's that's got some some highlights from Bericles and, and Fran. Um, Fran also in the chat. Buffy was one of my shows back in the day, Barrow. And uh, the end of the Prince, the end, we got the end of Principal Schneider at graduation day two. Uh, and Baby Ice also said Schneider was a gem, a villain I liked. Yeah, he was good. He was good because um, the other principal gets eaten, doesn't he? Doesn't he get eaten on the hyena episode? Yes. Yeah. Xander yeah. is one of the ones that eats him, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he gets eaten, doesn't he? he was, that guy is really just cheesy and too nice and weird. And then you get the replacement, Principal Snyder. He's just like an uptight awesome <laughs> before we talk about anything we weren't too too fussed with or maybe didn't like um obviously big important character introduced into this was faith uh thoughts on 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 faith i keep on saying faith but it's faith faith yeah i really like faith um i thought she was pretty cool um i always quite like um on shows and comics and things like that where you get kind of like a similar character but kind of like the other side of the coin kind of like yeah. the dog so you've got obviously in terms of marvel or you know kind of spider-man you would have peter parker spider-man and eddie brock as yeah Venom. um i always find that kind of thing quite interesting um where you've got someone that's got the same sort of powers but they're maybe leaning towards kind of like the darker side um, yeah. i always find that good um, so she, yeah, um, I really, really like Faith. Um, I was glad that she came back into it, obviously in Angel, and then she did come back to Buffy. That was quite cool. But she's definitely one of the characters. I think she was another character that they I'd read at some point they were going to do a spin-off show, or they were looking at doing a spin-off show. That would have been but cool. That, been that cool. never happened either. So, but she did. What's the word? Redeem herself quite a lot in Angel. Um, I know, obviously, we're not going to touch too much on Angel, but the episodes when she did come back into Angel, she did kind of redeem herself. Those are some pretty good episodes as well with Angel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, she's a she's a classic character. Um, was there anything that any particular episode that you're like, you know, I'll, I'll just from now on, I'll just say, was there a bad episode? Uh, rather than you know flittering around whether it's you didn't like it or wasn't too fussed. Hmm. Not not off the top of my head. I'm trying to have a glance through to remind myself, but I can't think of one. There's not one that's jumping out at me as necessarily bad at the moment, to be honest. How about you? Um. Let's have a look. Da, 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 da. That's youth. Um, yeah, Mr. Trick was all right in Homecoming. Nothing was really bad there. Uh, ba da ba da ba da. 
What's that? Seven months up there. Uh, I, yeah, no. Again, like nothing really kind of stands out as a as a skippable episode this season. Um, it was a, again a pretty solid season. I can't say that was some of the later ones, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of episodes, um, I think it was. Please mention the wish. Um, was that the one where it has the master in it again? With the master so. back in it. Yeah, that was quite cool. I, I remember that one there. That was good. I like that one because I really like the master. Um, Barclays says. I always thought Amon's uh, was a bit meh, even if it pays off in the last season. So was Amon's the one with the first evil? Yeah, I was never really that fussed with the first evil. I know it sort of featured little bits here and there, and then obviously it's kind of the big bad in the final season. But uh, yeah, I, I was kind of gla- my eyes always kind of glazed over with the first evil. I don't know why, because <laughs> in theory it's like apocalyptic. It's the non-corporeal amalgamation of of evil um but yeah oz and willow make amends go back together da, 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 da. um faith invites faith over for christmas but she refuses da, 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 da. angel sees a vision of jenny calendar and runs out panicked da, 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 da. angel's dreams intensify and tells him that it, uh his pain will end if he kills buffy gel suggests that the first evil is the cause of angel's visions yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a mere one. I'll agree with that. Um, your thoughts on amends? Didn't mind it, liked it? Uh, I mean, the plot rings a bell. Um, I don't remember overly being impressed by it that much, to be honest. Um, but it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, I can't really say much more than that, to be honest. Um, and then, uh, well, Fran mentions helpless. Giles drugging Buffy always felt wrong to me. That, as an episode, I mean, yeah, that that moment, um, where Buffy's kind of test for her eighteenth birthday, where oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, the moment with that happening is obviously quite an awkward scene, especially, you know, growing up. I mean, when you're a kid watching it. I didn't really sort of pay too much attention, but obviously the concepts now, um, being a bit more aware of the world. Um, but yeah, as an episode, I thought it was quite good. But yeah, that whole kind of concept of the uh, hypnotising and drugging is a bit... Hmm. But um, yeah, that was, I think that's quite an interesting one in general, even though Giles gets removed as Buffy's watcher for assisting her because Giles just can't let her get get killed um yeah. yeah is that the is that the episode with um uh i can't remember the actors and that is it harold Ulin harris he's in scarface amongst other stuff he's one of the people from the council or something um let's have a look harris Ulin as quentin travers yes that's it yeah. All, all I remember about the councils is their offices blow up at some point. That's literally all I can yeah, <laughs> I can it. remember about the councils. I just remember watching that episode and seeing him in it, and I was like, oh, that's the guy from, you know, kind of Skullface. <laughs> 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 
Uh, Baby Ice in the chat. I love this season. Uh, the master killed alternate Buffy in the Wish episode um, and says it was the 90s. Hypnotizing was in. <laughs> uh, let's move ahead now to season four. Um, on reflection, it has got some standout episodes, but this is always the point where I think when this was airing on TV, Buffy kind of started becoming a show that I still watched, but like AEW currently, I don't feel it was as must-watch as it was before. Yeah, agreed. Um, I mean, I I've obviously got to say, and I this is one that I rewatched uh, two two days ago. My favourite, and one of my favourites of the whole of Buffy is Hush with oh, the gentleman. Of course. If, of course, that was definitely going to be mine and yours and most people's favourite episode, isn't it? Yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing episode. I love that episode. I also like the reason that it was written was because Buffy the Vampire Slayer was getting so much praise for Joss Whedon's dialogue. So he thought, well, why don't we take out the dialogue for, you know, a good portion, like uh, 25 minutes of a 40-minute show. Let's just have no dialogue. And um, I think it was excellent. It's so funny as well. There's the moments when... Uh, Giles is telling them about the gentleman on this projection screen and they're talking about how do we kill him? And Buffy is doing the steak motion going like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Xander's eyes are just like what? And she's <laughs> like no, pulls out a steak he's like alright, oh, oh, okay <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I knew, I knew exactly what he was going to say because I had that in my head as soon as you said um, hush I had exactly the same scene where she's she's doing the motion like. <laughs> and i'm sure there's another sort of comment as well that um when buffy motions something and both sandra and giles sort of look around like what or, <laughs> yeah and there's so many great moments i mean there's uh, anya's asleep uh, on the bed um and uh, spike who we didn't really talk much about spike in series three gonna be honest i can't remember too much about if spike was even in series three or what he did i can't you know I can't remember too much. I'll need to revisit that at some point. But Spike has had an implant in his head from the initiative. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them. And um, so he can't attack people. He's kind of being held by the Scooby gang after trying to attack Willow, I think in this episode at the start. But he has almost what seems to be performance anxiety, where you initially think Willow's being attacked and, oh no, she's going to be turned to a vampire. And then we cut to willow on the bed with spike sat in the corner just going i don't know this has never happened to me before <laughs> and he he is now being held at giles's place and he's drinking a mug of blood and i think he drops it or something on the floor but xander walks in to find anya led on the bed on the couch asleep with her head tilting off the side and vampire face spike sitting up and he just goes in and starts pummeling him because they can't talk or anything it's that is a good episode. I yeah, I should have rewatched that one. I need to. I might rewatch that after the show. Yeah, the the only thing that I always I thought was looked a bit funny at the time, which I do still now, is the um the helpers for the gentleman, the weird. You don't really know what they are, but they've got um yeah, they waist, sort of uh mm. straight jackets on, haven't they? Yeah. Um. Uh, but the gentlemen themselves. I mean, one, it's an incredible episode. And two, the gentleman's so creepy, just floating around, smiling. I mean, do you want a creepy smile? Yeah, Look at the gentleman. Yeah, we just that earlier. Yeah. Um, is there, other than other than Hush, does anything in season four stand out to you? Or would you say that's like 
outside of Hush, because I think Hush is just an, an, an all-time episode. Um, so you've got the I can't remember the name of them. I think one of them is Who Are You, where Faith swaps bodies with Buffy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I remember those those episodes are pretty good. It's one of them things that they used to do in a lot of. Um, US kind of shows at the time where like every US show has got an episode to do with a body swap. Yeah, Freaky Friday. Every, every US show has got an episode to do with like Groundhog Day kind of thing where the day keeps repeating. It's that Stargate done it, X Files did it. Like, <laughs> there's so many shows that do that. But um, yeah, those were both good episodes. Um, uh, the episode with um, Oz, doesn't Oz come back in this? Yeah, it's um. This is the one when he series four is when he initially leaves, and I think he might appear once or twice later. But isn't this where he meets a female? Wild yes. at heart, he encounters another werewolf, and they both leave town. Oz determines to leave town for the safety of Willow and others. New moon rising, apparently. Um, new oh, moon okay. rising. It's when he comes back, yeah, that was. I remember that being quite a good episode. Um, yeah, no, this, it, again, I mean, for me, this was where it did kind of take a little bit of a dip, um, especially because I was, like, you, I remember it being on at, like, Fridays, I think, at 8 o'clock, Sky One, and then you had Angel at 9 o'clock. I think it was that way, man. But I always remember enjoying Angel a lot more than I did this show at the time. I remember thinking, like, yeah, it was all right. Um so I've always got these memories of this, you know, kind of season not being that good because obviously the big bad is the initiative with Adam, I believe his name is. Yeah, let's let's uh, talk about Adam. What do you think of the big bad? Yeah, I thought he was pretty rubbish. To be fair. <laughs> um, I never really liked him at the time. Um, looking at it now, he's still he's just pretty boring. Didn't really find him that interesting at all um i quite like the idea of the initiative itself i thought that was quite quite an interesting idea um governments and you know kind of they know about monsters and kind of demons and they're using it as these you know kind of greedy corporations and kind of governments do don't they They use all their technology for themselves and then something happens and it all goes wrong don't it so yeah, I mean, I I remember the Adam villain being pretty shit uh, from memory. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, I mean, this is one I probably will continue with. I, I watched Hush recently. I probably will continue with the rest of the season just to remind myself uh, of of some of the episodes. But um, for me, the worst episode by a country mile is Restless, the finale. I, I hated that episode. That is the uh, primordial spirit haunts Buffy, Giles, Willow and Xander in their individual cryptic nightmares involving the first Slayer as a result of the magic done in the previous episode. So in the previous episode, I think it's to defeat Adam. Don't they um, all put their power or something yeah, into Buffy? Because yeah. she gets Sorry. these really bad contact lenses. I always remember one of the contacts looking <laughs> a bit skewy. But it's the finale to it. Because I always remember being like, 
Okay, last episode's coming up. We had this huge battle with Adam. Finally, he's gone. And then it was this episode where they're all hanging out, but they're having these weird dreams with the first Slayer. I never, I never liked that one. I never liked that episode. No, um, I didn't like that either. I remember at the time absolutely hating it because um, I remember back in the day when this was on, um, I used to work with a couple of my friends, uh, Nigel and Ryan, and we used to, you know, kind of make sure that we always watched these new episodes every week and then we used to talk about it the next kind of day at work. But I remember all three of us just being like, what the hell was that episode about? It was just rubbish. And when I rewatched the show, I mean, I rewatched it a long, quite a long time ago now. But even when I rewatched it, I really did not like that episode. It's just no. so all over the place and just it's not enjoyable at all. No, I mean, as you mentioned, this is when Angel had left at the end of Series 3 to make to, to do the show Angel. And I didn't watch Angel uh, at the time. I didn't watch it when it aired. Um, I think it's because, like, I mean, I watched Buffy initially because Sarah Michelle Gellar was a crush and then uh, uh, of course, Eliza Dishka was a crush. I had a huge poster of her on my wall yeah. many, many years. Many, many years. And, I, um... I think she was and it probably wasn't her, it was probably some pas or something i think she was the only time i ever as a kid i i i remember seeing in a magazine it might have been like a sci-fi magazine sfm sfx or something like that big sci-fi publication in the uk i remember seeing something where you could write in to uh get like a, a signed picture and I, I did do it as a kid and i got sent i think it must have been series one time the signed i've no idea where it is now it's probably in the bin uh, a signed picture oh. of Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like I say, it probably was a print, I'd imagine. Yeah. Uh, but I remember it took ages. It supposedly came from America. Um, but yeah, so when Angel, uh, you know, he was, Angelus was interesting, but I had missed a fair bit of Series 3 of Buffy when it aired. So when he went off to do Angel, I didn't really watch it. And it was only much later, after, you know, they'd kind of both finished on TV, that someone said, oh, Angel is actually really good. And so I picked up the box set, Maybe maybe it'd just been series one, or it might have been a really cheap collection. Um, and yeah, it's one of those shows which started off good, or started off great, and just got even better as the series went on. I thought. Um, so with this series, we had, you know, Adam, bit of a shit, big bad, probably one, probably one of the worst big bads out of all, yeah, all the run. I would say so. We also got introduced to a character who doesn't seem that popular, and I agree as well. Um, the chat is saying Baby Ice uh, says all the stuff with Riley was just weird. Uh, Barracles, Riley is in this season, so it sucks. Um, and then talking about Adam, you know, Adam, a.k.a. Floppy Disk Man. Barracles says Baby Ice says he looked Floppy worse than... <laughs> he looked worse <laughs> than C movies I've seen. And Adam doesn't come close to any of the season's big bad, Frat the Can says. Um, Riley, yeah. It's a bit of a crap addition to the series, I thought. Yeah, um, yeah, he's kind of quite kind of boring and bland. But then, for someone who really likes Angel, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I had a bit of a man crush with you know, kind of David Boreanaz. I don't know, but I just remember him being a poor replacement for Angel. So in my eyes, he had a lot to live up to, and he was just kind of boring. I mean, I don't mind rewatching it. I'll rewatch some episodes. Um, He's not the worst thing ever in it, but he's, he, I, I don't know. It just, it always feels like a, 
boring replacement for Angel. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he sucked. He sucked. Um, well, let's. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I can't really think of too much else. There's just there's quite a few filler episodes I thought in this in this season. Yeah, uh, but nothing really stood out as bad. Bad. Yeah. Um. Is it? Is that the one to do with beer? Beer bad. Yeah, that's got beer bad. Buffy daydreams yeah. of Saint Parker's life for the slaying, sk- slaying skills, and him begging forgiveness for the way he treated her. Oh yeah, Parker's the guy that she sort of dates at the start, and he's a bit of a dick. Yes. Um, yeah, I remember him. Buffy ends up drowning her sorrows, drinking with the elitist college boys who like her, but they all begin to act oddly. Xander works out that the bar manager, seeking revenge after years of bad-mannered man, bad ignorance from some of the student patrons, has been spiking their beer with some supernatural mojo, causing the recipients to revert to caveman women mentality. Um, I can't remember that one too much, to be honest. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I remember not liking that one too much at the time, anyway. Don't know so much about a rewatch, but I do remember not really liking that that much. Nah. Back in the day. So we'll move on to series five. Um, I'll probably have a few that I don't really like in this one. I'll be honest. Uh, so this uh, premiered on September twenty sixth, two thousand, on the WWB, and concluded on May twenty second, twenty twenty uh, two thousand and one. I say 2021. Um, it was the final season to air on the WB before it moved to UPN. Um, the WB billed the Series 5 finale as the WB Series finale. Because um, I think there was a potentially an original in- intent for this to be how it ends, which I guess makes yeah. sense with the, the finale we got. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of jump in with one episode that I just always remember not really liking and I'm probably not really in a rerush to rewatch it when I when I get to it. Buffy versus Dracula. Oh man, I rewatched that one the other day. I like that episode. I don't know why, <laughs> just that I remember the concept and sort of thinking, is this like a bit of a jump in the shark moment? <laughs> is this is this it? I don't know. Um I mean there's uh um there's an episode i think in this season with riley in it where isn't he going to vampire nests and basically being sucked as a high he's getting high off of vampire sucking his blood yeah that's that's yeah oh that's yeah into the woods that's the one I, that's probably one of the low points i thought buffy lands riley's been going to a vampire brothel to have his blood sucked for pleasure couldn't give a shit about that episode um, probably a not so much a highlight because, but just a powerful episode I would say for me was the body, where Buffy finds her mother. It's a, a hard episode to watch, but it just yeah. in terms of it being very powerful. Um, and I'd probably say for me highlight of the series was the finale. So what 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 highlights or lowlights do you have of series five? So, um, like I say, I quite like the Dracula episode um, just because it's so ridiculous. Um, like, literally, the whole thing with Dracula himself, the fact that he's got a cape and he's got like, this awful accent, um, 
and he turns into a bat. Like the whole idea of it is just stupid, but he's kind of played for that way, literally. Um, and then you've got the scene at the end after she's, you know, kind of killed him, you know, kind of staked him. Um, and then he starts to return as mist again. And she's like standing right here. And then he just sort of fades away. Always remember finding that quite funny. Um, uh, there was, oh God, what's the other episodes? Oh, um, the one where she finds her mum, like you said, the body. Oh, the body, the yeah. The body. I rewatched that episode um, last week, I think it was. And I found that really good, if that's the right word, but also really bad and hard to watch if you, you know, kind of get my gist of it. So um, I thought a lot of the characters, what they did, like acting-wise, I thought was really good, but mm. it's so surreal and just weird. And I guess that's their way of, you know, kind of when he wrote it, it was trying to him, trying to show like shock or, you know, kind of something, grief. And yeah. like, everything's, it's just weird. It's like, there's not much music. It's got really weird cuts. It's got weird camera angles. It's kind of horrible to see Buffy and a lot of the other characters that upset. Like I, I kind of find that episode quite emotional. Yeah. Because um, like I say, it's quite hard to, you know, kind of see her. I mean, she, in a few other episodes, she'll cry, she'll get upset with what happens with Angel, etc. But when you see her, how she, you know, kind of reacts when she realises that she's passed away on the sofa and how she, you know, kind of reacts and she starts to panic. She starts having a panic attack. It's really, like, I honestly thought that was a really good episode. Yeah. Um, powerful. Yeah, really good. Powerful, powerful, very powerful episode. But it is also quite horrible to watch at the same time. Yeah. So I guess they achieve what they were going for. Um, in terms of other episodes, with these... I think like you, I've probably only watched them once, maybe twice each. I don't really have a very good recollection of these, the rest of these, you know, kind of series off the top of my head at the moment. Um, but I do remember really liking this overall kind of season, to be honest. Um, I quite like the introduction of Dawn. Okay. Um, thought that was quite a clever idea. I remember reading it at the time and thinking, oh, what the hell is this about? This is going to be stupid. But I thought it was quite clever. I thought she was really good. Uh, I can't remember the actress's name. Um, oh, but... uh, tra um, Tracken Michelle, Michelle tra Trachtenberg? Trachtenberg or something. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, I find her hit and miss with the show because sometimes I find that she can be really good. Um, but she has a tendency to do this horrible scream all the time. Just scream, 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 scream. Yeah. Um, which is uh, really irritating. But um, I did rewatch the last episode of this season recently as well, <clears throat> which I thought was a really good episode. Um, and I thought she was really good in it as well as Buffy. <clears throat> Both of them was really good in that episode where she, you know, kind of jumps off and kind of sacrifices herself. I thought they... That overall was a really good episode as well. Um, 
kind of a perfect ending to the whole kind of series, to be honest. So uh, it's quite surprising that they did end up bringing it back. <laughs> what um, What were your thoughts on Glory? Uh, who's not a demon glory, but a god? Glory, 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 and Ben. Yes, yeah, yeah. so uh, I've completely forgotten about the whole Ben thing. <laughs> yeah, um, weird, but at least it's something you know, kind of different, especially compared to Adam or Mister Floppy Disk, as someone <laughs> said in the chat. <laughs> um, yeah, I quite liked Glory and Ben. I thought it was something quite interesting. Um, and it does give you that part at the end, like I was saying earlier, with, uh, you know, kind of Giles, where he just plainly just murders a human being <laughs> um, without even flinching. Um, but again, that's Giles. He's, that's that. He's you know, badass. Badass side coming out. So, But I, I quite like the character of Glory and Ben. Um, I mean, it's for me, it's no master or spike or, you know, kind of like the mayor. But I did quite like the character. Um, it, it, it was kind of weird having watched that episode that they make such a big deal out of her being really strong. And then I understand that she gets this, uh, it's like a cursed troll's hammer or something that's meant to be really strong so that Buffy can attack Glory and kill Glory. Mm. And then once she's like, literally, she just hits her a few times and then it's all over with, like literally just over and done with. And it's like, so the entire series, she's been called zombie sagro, but there's not really a proper conclusion in my eyes. It just feels kind of rushed. Um, so I guess they were just hurrying up to get to the bit where she goes up the top and jumps off. Yeah, I mean, I'll need to rewatch the kind of the final fight because I'd, I'd really, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about how glory gets uh gets stopped and i remember with the introduction of dawn to begin with i was like what there's a sister out of nowhere yeah, this doesn't same, make sense same. um but then the story yeah it plays out quite well and it's quite clever yeah i mean i remember the moment when she's falling and you sort of see this alternate kind of dimension i remember that looking quite cool um before yeah she she dies um but yeah i need to rewatch. i will need to rewatch because like i say I've seen this once when it aired, and that was 2001. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, having a look at the chat. Um, Fran, the body is a strong episode. Baby Ice Vamps should have just ate Riley, would have been a babyface move. Um, to this day, I'm still confused on if giving Buffy a sister out of nowhere was seriously planned, says Baby Ice. Uh, Fran Cannon, bad. Episode Intervention, where Spike has his robot Buffy. Um, Baby Ice's episodes were all over the place during the season. Uh, Bericles, Glory was a cool idea. Baby Ice, um, I'll say Glory was low-key hot. Uh, when she's up against Cordelia, Buffy and Faith, yes, she's still at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> um, let's move on now to the penultimate series, uh, series six. So this aired 2001, October 2nd, uh, concluding May 21st, 2002. Um, so, Buffy has died, but then Willow resurrects Buffy from... Uh, they believe they've taken her out of hell when actually she has been in heaven since her death. Um, 
I can't remember if it's this season. Series 6 and Series 7, to be honest, graph blur into one for me quite a bit. Is this, is this the season where Spike essentially tries to sexually assault Buffy? Yes, I believe it is. Um, I think yeah. it is this one. And I didn't like the whole, as much as I like Buffy and I like Spike and I like the Buffy and Spike interactions, that whole sex and then they start destroying the house that they're in. I found that really disturbing. And yeah, the, literally the scene that you just said, I've, I remember really not liking it. Like this, for me, this season is probably my least kind of favourite out of all of them. I really didn't yeah. like this, this one. Um, but yeah, I think you are right. I think it is this season. Yeah, I, I like the character of Spike. I think he's a cool, you know, early villain becoming an anti-hero. You know, he's always quite funny. When the relationship started, like the relationship, relationship, sexual relationship, whatever, started between uh, Buffy and Spike, I remember just thinking, um, oh, I've still got the Series 6 graphic on. Wait a minute. There we go. Series. There we go. Updating the graphics. I was about a season behind on that on the on the live stream. Um, I always remember sort of thinking, oh, God, why, why does Buffy need to date every vampire? Yeah, yeah. It, it then, but, you know, with Angel, okay, his kind of her first love and their love caused him to become angelus because of his curse and all that but when it started with spike i was just like okay she's that again she's yeah that again she's got she must have a thing for the bad boys she does she's got a thing for bad <laughs> that's why boys never, that, that's why it never works out with riley <laughs> um i mean for me i'd say a a favorite episode just because i thought it was quite memorable um and this was a series where i mean the big bads normally did come in in like the second half of the series you know quite a lot of monster of the week and dealing with the the fallout of the prior series in the first half of each sort of series but with this we did not really um see our our big bad until the last four episodes which was willow i mean you could say that the big bad was split between the group of jonathan warren and andrew who are just uh, interesting from a perspective of they've kind of all at various points been sp- side characters and they've then come together with their various knowledge to target Buffy because for, for whatever reason I can't remember the, the whole machinations of them but they're kind of the wannabe big bads before we then get Evil Willow um, I'd, I'd say probably the me- most memorable episode for me was Villains and that's because Willow um, flays and burns alive. Yes, Warren. Yeah, that would have been one of the episodes that I would have said as well. I I always remember that one kind of scene where she says "bored now" or something. I think to him, and she's like "bored now." Turns around, just like yeah, yeah. flays him alive. Yeah, that was quite memorable. Yeah, that was quite memorable, and. Um, Literally, the first two like opening episodes of kind of like the series I, I quite liked, um, where they do bring you know kind of Buffy back, um, but horribly they leave her to like claw her way out of her own, costume. yeah. That was that's, that's very bloody dark, really. It is kind of like a very kind of dark whole kind of season, isn't it? Really, this one, I think, but that's yeah. really dark, like she literally manages to climb out. And then she's got like blood all over her hands. She's got mud and dirt in her nails from clawing out of her own grave. 
and then she doesn't know what's going on and she thinks she's in hell. And then I think it was on one of the next episodes, I believe she tells them that basically she was in heaven and that her friends that she thinks or, you know, kind of thought loved her have ripped her out of a place where she felt happy and safe and, you know, like basically heaven, heaven, and they ripped her out and, you know, kind of brought her back for their own kind of selfish reasons. Yeah. Um, which is, which is, I thought that was quite, quite cool. That was quite a weird, well, not weird. It's quite a strange way to kind of look at it. Um, but look at it from her point of view. Yeah. Can you imagine that you're, <laughs> you're in heaven and then you get ripped back when you haven't been, when you haven't asked to, because so it can come across as being kind of selfish. Um, but I thought that was quite cool. Um, I mean, everyone's favourite, although I've only, like I say, I've only seen this season and the next season and the previous season once, so I can't really remember it, but I, I don't like musicals. But everyone seems to enjoy it. Did you enjoy Once More with Feeling? Um, strangely, when it came out, originally, I really didn't. I remember, like, hating it. <laughs> um, and I don't do musicals either like you uh, but I have re-watched it a few times and I do actually quite like the episode um, I don't know why I think it's because it's so bad that I can't help but like it <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bad um, yeah uh, but yeah I, I mean I wouldn't add it to my list if, if, if I could remember enough episodes to be able to say to you these are my kind of favourite episodes I don't think it would be on that list but I'll be lying if I said I hate you. I mean, one of the episodes, like, there's there's more episodes that I find forgettable than dislike. I don't remember being a massive fan of Hell's Bells. Uh, Xander and Anya's wedding where Xander's future self appears and warns him the marriage to Anya will begin, be the beginning of a life of disgrace and pain. Um, but it's only a demon taking revenge on Anyaka from her demon days. Um, uh, I mean that one. I don't remember being all that great. Um, yeah, I remember there's one episode where Riley comes back. Riley comes back with a wife. If I remember right. Yeah, he's in this somewhere. Yeah, I remember. I I remember that episode. Remember not liking. Uh, yeah, not liking that episode too much. Oh yeah, that's as you were. And uh, her encounter, Buffy's encounter with Riley causes Buffy to end her relationship with Spike. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. what what more can we say about series yeah. six? Um, I mean, for me, the few things that come to mind with this, you know, kind of season is musical episode being brought back to life, clawing out of a grave, and. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Oh, and uh, yeah, obviously you've got kind of like the big bad of the episode, you know, kind of where she turns really, really bad. Willow, which I don't know if I like that or not. I need to rewatch it because I get it. It was kind of something different, but um, it did kind of take me by surprise. But I guess it's not something that anyone saw coming at some point that, you know, this sweet, quirky awkward girl's going to be the big you know kind of bad that's going to potentially destroy the whole world so yeah i guess it's quite cool and then xander saves the day by saying he loves her yes that's right he does yeah good old xander the one who 
always gets knocked out. I oh, know, actually, I think that's Giles who normally gets knocked out. Isn't it? But... <laughs> yeah. Um, what are the chat saying? So, Baby Ice, um, oh, Barraclee says the PSA series only rescued by Dark Willow. Uh, Baby Ice, I've only seen season six once. Um, Barracles and Baby Ice talking about uh, the Buffy musical. Once more, feeling. Fran's also found the episode. Um, both Fran and Barracles had the album of Once More Feeling. And Barracles says, Drugs are bad the season. Yeah, because I, I, I guess one of the themes maybe earlier on in this one from memory is isn't Willow going to like. It's like kind of a crack den, but it's not. It's for like dark magic, and Tara's getting concerned yeah, for her, something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. And then there's a moment where Tara accidentally gets shot when Warren's aiming for, Warren in a jetpack, uh, is aiming for um, Buffy, because he's trying, because Buffy keeps thwarting their plans, and it, sh- it kills Tara, uh, who can't be resurrected, which then sends Willow on her warpath. Um, yeah, not, not a great season. Yeah, it's, it's it's not a great one. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like you just said, you got jet packs, you got freeze guns, if I remember right. It's it's all over the place this season. <laughs> which then leads us to the seventh and final season of Buffy, which premiered on September twenty fourth, two thousand and two. That's been my birthday, and concluded on the twenty uh, on the May twentieth, two thousand and three. Um. Oh god, another one where I have to kind of remind myself uh, what is what is going on on this season. But it's um, we find out that underneath, from memory, there's a there's a hole underneath, not just the Hellmouth, but we actually find, I guess, the actual entrance to the Hellmouth. There's like a seal where there's the first vampires, these ancient vampires. There's a new principal for the recently remade high school, and he's like a hunter or something from memory. Um, but the big, the big bad in this season is the first evil, kind of accompanied by because the first evil's incorporeal, um, accompanied by uh, Nathan Fillion playing Caleb. Uh, Caleb. Yeah. So talking about villain, what do you think of the tandem of the first evil and Caleb? Um, I mean, there's not much to say about the first evil. Um, just I, it was quite cool that at some points it does make itself look like other kind of villains and other characters because like, I know at one point it's the master Adam the mayor I can't remember who else but um, that was quite cool but I did really like Caleb um, I thought Caleb was really really cool um, yeah because wasn't this after Firefly or was it before Firefly with Nathan Fillion. Um, I don't know. Um, when Firefly started, I'm sure Firefly was after. Oh, okay. After but Buffy and Angel, I could be wrong. Actually, yeah, um, that probably does make sense because he wouldn't be doing. Yeah, I can't imagine he would be doing that as well, would it? So... Firefly was. I don't know. Serenity was a 2005 film. Bloody hell. So this was uh, 2002, so same sort of time. Oh, wow, I did not realise they were that close together. Yeah, no, I mean, I wasn't too sure, but I just always remember him from, you know, kind of being from that show. Hmm. But I thought he was really, really good in it. Um, Yeah, he was good. Um, Because you've got that one scene, haven't you, where he, um, he picks up 
Xandar and Hoaxies, which yeah. I always find really disturbing on anything like Game of Thrones when they do it or anything where someone's eyeballs get popped. <laughs> yeah, that was... Um... That was probably the standout. That's the most memorable moment. They're having a an attack on on Caleb. Um, a new powerful evil face appears. This is the debut of Caleb and also Faith returning to Sunnydale. Uh, Caleb's a former priest um, who's unstoppable and works for the first. I think he's sort of been imbued with some of the first's power, yeah. something like that. Um, Buffy leads the troops into battle. Xander loses his eye to Caleb and some of the potentials are killed. Uh, that's probably what I'd have to say. That and the finale... Because again, other than series four, Buffy's generally always had great finales. Um, so the episode, but during this this attack in this, I think it's like a, it's either a vineyard or it's like a uh, a basement. They're trying to escape because these fights against Caleb and he's got these monks, I think, or they're like they're missing their. I can't remember. He's got these kind of baddies i'll just say um, un underlings yeah um and as they're kind of trying to escape because they're clearly outmatched here uh caleb i always remember goes oh you're the one that sees everything aren't you what we see about that and it's quite a traumatic scene the scream xander does when his eyes getting thumbed out oh, yeah. was uh pretty shocking um yeah and the finale with the fight i mean it's an interesting series in terms of the the story that um, the Hellmouth or the whatever this section is I can't remember that opens this gateway to these OP vampires. Basically, they do this spell. It's either in this series or maybe at the end of a pro. I can't remember. They they get all the potential slayers together, don't they? Or they try to recruit yeah. them. And when they go into battle in the finale is when they release the spell to kind of unlock every every potential Slayer's ability, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, and um, Anya dies in, in the finale and uh, Spike sacrifices himself. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought this was... It had some good moments, but outside of, for me, outside of the Caleb attack on Xander in the finale, can't remember much, to be honest. Yeah, no, um... I agree. Like you, I, I really need to re rewatch quite a lot of these. Um, I was hoping to rewatch them all before we did this, but <laughs> I just haven't had time. There's so much stuff to watch and so much stuff going on. But I do plan. I need to carry on my X Files rewatch and then get yeah. into this, and then I need to go through Angel amongst other stuff. But um, yeah, no, I definitely need to rewatch this. But like you, I mean, I remember the basic plot of. You know, kind of like the season. I remember you get the return of Faith. Obviously, she's been, she's had a change of heart, you know, kind of because of everything she's been through with Angel on the Angel show, and then she comes back. Um, if I remember right, Angel turns up on the last two episodes of this as well. He, yeah, he turns up Briefly. in the fight with Caleb because doesn't he yeah. cut Caleb in half or something? Something um, like that, yeah. I know he does return, doesn't he? Because, um, Spike sees her kissing Angel. I remember that. Um, she, she just loves these vampire boys, doesn't uh, she? She can't help herself. <laughs> can't help herself. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and I know the basic plot. Of, like, yeah, you've got the new high school, and I remember her sister goes to the school, uh, and then you've got the potential slayers. 
they all come, they're all kind of staying in her house. They're trying to train them all, aren't they? But they're not really getting anywhere with them. And then, like you said on the last episode, they release the potential for every single Slayer. Yeah. Um, yeah, Anya, she, um, yeah, she gets killed off um, rather quickly as well, to be fair, if I remember right. She just, she does it to, to protect Andrew, I think, if I remember right. I think she does it to help Andrew. She gets killed, but no one actually kind of sees it. No one actually is able to like, help her or kind of get her body and give her a proper kind of burial or anything. They just sort of run off, don't they? And everything collapses into the ground. Yeah, it all it all uh, it all caves in. Um, yeah, poor old Spike. You know, kind of saves the day in the end. Manages to hear. Buffy say I love you, which I still don't particularly like. But, <laughs> um, I, even though I like Spike, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I was glad to see Spike turn up in the last season of Angel. So that was yeah, cool. that was that was cool. I remember at first sort of thinking, does this maybe kind of cheapen the the sacrifice? But his dynamic with Angel, like yeah, I, I think, yeah. it was a great addition to that. I I thought exactly the same because they're kind of like the odd couple, like they just yeah her and argue like husband and wife <laughs> <laughs> oh. um but yeah no i mean this is another one i do really need to re-watch it but i do remember quite enjoying the season as a whole um, especially compared to the previous one because mm. um, i remember when that when the when the previous one was on originally on tv i really didn't like so many episodes so many episodes i hated um, but with this one, I do remember liking a lot more. Um, Willow gets a new love interest as well, if I remember right. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. I think her name is. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's got some, it's got some good memories. I remember, but I can't really think of any other highlights, to be honest. No, uh, there's, there's uh, it, it is a decent series season i should say but i uh i not too much not too much jumps out to me for this one no um fran the can in the chat am i um am i remembering right was felicia day one of the potential slayers yes yes you are remembering right she was and um yeah fran also mentions angel brings the amulet that spike uses at the end that's right yeah there we go well Gruff, I think that brings us to the end of our Buffy um, retrospective look. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for once again coming on the show. Um, we'll have to think of another classic uh, TV show from back in the day uh, to revisit. Maybe at some point in the future, Angel. I've still got X-Files and yeah. now Buffy to rewatch. so that <laughs> might be a while. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Angel would be a good shout because I was going to say I would love to re rewatch that. I mean, to be fair, there's only four seasons of Angel, I think, isn't there? Five. But the fifth one five. was the final one, yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, five. Okay, well, that's one more. But, yeah, I mean, I I would be up, you know, kind of for that. And um, I need an excuse to re-watch it. But, 
I'd have to just knock stuff, you know, kind of some stuff on the head. Otherwise, I'm never going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe some point in the new year, in the new year, um, we'll look at Angel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know, kind of say that, but a new year is going to be sooner than you know it. Unfortunately, <laughs> so maybe but the yeah, back, no. maybe the back end of the new year. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm up for that. Um, definitely, um, definitely up for that. If you want to have me on again. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed um, it. Where can uh, where can the guys find you on social media? So you've asked me this multiple times, and this time I've actually remembered. Hey. So uh, yeah, I am on Twitter. So if you look for the Gruff Nine Nine Nine, hit me up on there uh, if you want to chat about anything, uh, anything related to horror, video games. Resident Evil, Buffy, X-Files, Hallow- if you want to tell me, if you want to agree with me how bad Halloween Ends was, <laughs> uh, or if you want to argue with me about that, that's fine. I always quite quite like a discussion. So, um, yeah, hit me up on there. Or if you want to add me on the PlayStation Network, then it's the Gruff. Awesome, awesome. Um, and yeah, if you want to hit uh, Ministry of Horror up on socials, it's at Ministry underscore Horror on Twitter. Our Facebook is at Ministry of Horror. Um, I'm also at Tezius, T-E-Z-Z-I-U-S, on, on Twitch. Um, Twitter, I think, as well as Facebook. You'll, you'll probably find me on there. Um, and Instagram is at Tez Elliott. Um, so... That brings us to the end of another show. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching it there. Or if you're listening to it on audio platforms such as Stitcher, um, yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a number of other ones, um, please give us a, a review. Ideally five stars, but whatever you feel is fair. Uh, we have Super Chats. We have um, memberships, lots of cool little perks there. Shows that we have like Ministry of Marvel, uh, additional shows on the network. Sunday's obviously Ministry of Slam. We had a limited series that I did with my co-host Jamie, Ministry of Dragons. Um, oh. We've also every other Tuesday, every other Thursday, sorry, is uh, Bericles and Dave's show Turner Years. Um, gaming occurs on the YouTube channel as well every so often. At some point, I'll be doing the Devil in Me, the new Dark Pictures game, and that comes out at the end of this week. So, some point next week keep an eye out for that uh also the mos uh network.com as berkeley says there's a black panther review that's about to go live uh check that out for all the latest news and all that stuff and finally the poll that we've been having running throughout the show what is your favorite member of the buffy scooby gang i will end that now so 10 percent last place i've got spike kind of part of the scooby gang giles with 20 percent xander with 30 percent and winning with 40 percent is willow there we go there we go (laughs) right that is it for another exciting edition of the ministry of horror i've been tez i've been the grass and uh have a ghoul evening and while i just try and find the credits list of my thing (laughs) uh we will see you again next time goodbye bye